This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Bird. And today I'm Jackson Wells. Today he's Jackson today Wells. Today I'm Jackson Wells. And speaking of Wells, we're going to be talking about some old Hollywood, almost like an Orson Wells type of situation. Yeah. Be- uh, so I, I pitched this idea to you, uh, and I actually did this because I wanted to do an Orson Wells thing, and I was like, is he tied to any fucking thing? Because everybody else is tied to something. Right. There was a lot of dirt back then. Yeah. And I, Some of it was just like muckraking. A lot of it was just muckraking mm-hmm. and yellow journalism. Yeah. And it was funny because the Hearst Company was the big journalist back then. I know. And uh, it ties into this. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. You have that in here. Right? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. <laughs> is it in the show notes? Yeah. Hmm. I guess I should probably read those. One yeah, day. yeah, yeah. It would be it might be smart to read those before we we Here, hit the here's air. Here's the thing. Here, here's here's what I would like. Mm-hmm. We should have production meetings. Okay. We should have a staff meeting. We should have uh, our interns. We should have an intern. Well, we do. They're all in school right no, now. No, no, real interns. Oh, like real interns who like do some prepping and do this. That you know, like when we get a studio, like a like a. a a proper studio setup, mm-hmm. not just like we're sitting in your bedroom, you All know, right. with like on fucking recliner chairs. I think that there's <laughs> something to, I think there's something to um, sitting in an un- more uncomfortable. Not not that these chairs are uncomfortable. Uh, you're like like the uh, chair that I have, the computer chair that I have, and right. your new computer chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they're uncomfortable, but I think that there's something with with sitting in a more uncomfortable chair that makes you want to like get things done right and because you just take your time and i'm i'm super comfortable i'm laid back in this fucking thing Uh, do do you think there's something too with like sitting back and just being relaxed as to like sitting forward or standing up and recording probably yeah it's probably a different like just a different vibe like i do try to well I, i i mean i do sit back but i always sit back i don't really sit i have horrible posture but yeah the i always try to i feel like you lay back i feel like i'm in like i always feel like when i'm sitting down to record this like i'm like i'm under i'm on like a flight deck like i'm strapped into a space shuttle or something because i put the mic like right up to my face Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like it makes me feel like i'm pinned back a little bit right so maybe it does keep me on my toes a little more and i try not to move a lot because i don't want to like hit a wire you don't like this you don't like to sit forward no i don't yeah yeah I'm not either because my back. So I'm like that's that's usually why I don't like this for it either. Yeah, I have a bad back, and you have a bad back. I'm sure. Yeah, we're just a bad back bunch. The bad back boys. Bad back boys. And the Keystone Cops, who we'll talk about later. Right. Uh, which is funny because uh, that's what me, you, and Nate used to call ourselves. Yeah, when we, when we would mess up really bad in Rocket League, we would call ourselves the Keystone Cops. And and here's the thing: I never understood what the keystone cops even came from like i under, i knew that they were do you know how they got the name yeah 
Okay. Kind of. I know it was a Mac Senate thing. Yeah, Mac Senate is going to play very much into what we're talking about later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mac Senate and two other people who started Keystone Studios, they were doing, they were having a meeting, like they were eating at a diner or a restaurant or something. And it was when they were kind of hashing out the deal to start the studio. And a train car rode by and it was from the Keystone Railway. So that's how they came up with Keystone Studios, Keystone Cops, the whole thing. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a, it was a train, yeah. The, uh, original building uh that mac mac senate had for his keystone uh, i mean for his uh mac senate studio whatever it was called at the time yeah because i know for they had keystone studios and that went away and he had something else after that too whatever he initially had i think that was keystone studios or might have been there might have been something no, it was before senate. i know it was senate because the name okay. senate was on senate pictures or something yeah, like that yeah whatever that was in the initial building there was like two of them uh and the first one is still standing oh wow yeah uh, it's a fucking storage unit now. Oh, geez. It's a storage building. And there's nothing on it, really. I mean, there's a plaque, but they had a plaque like 30 years ago. They came up with this plaque. Mm-hmm. And they... I'm actually... I'm lying to you. I hate it when you lie. Okay, no. Here, so here's here's, how, the, here's how this goes. Years after Max Senate does his thing. Right, he makes all his movies and everything. He had, he he discovers all these stars: Mabel Norman, Laurel and Hardy, you name it. He he at the time he discovered all these people. Yeah, he was known as the king of comedy. That right. was his. Uh, that was his they, claim to fame. They kind of just abandon him. They all go on, and mm-hmm. you know, just leave it all poor Max Senate to just you know become old and die penniless. I think, I think he died penniless. Anyway, so. He's on an episode of uh, what, what's it called? It's This Is Your Life. No, what's it? What's the show to called? To tell the truth. What's my line? No, 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 no. The the one that they did with Mick Foley and WWE. This is your life. This is your life. Yeah. Uh, they so they do a, a an episode of This Is Your Life, and they start bringing back like all, all these people that he used to work with. Oh and wow! This is probably like in the fifties or sixties. Oh wow, that's really cool. That they do this, and yeah, he's an old guy. And uh, at the end of it, they present him with a plaque. And I watched this guy who has a, a vlog and he's he's doing he's showing the Senate studios and he was like, and, and this is the, the plaque, but it's not because I went and I watched that episode of This Is Your Life mm-hmm. and it's not the exact uh, plaque that was on the show. I guess they presented him with a plaque and then they <clears throat> either gave made a new one or right. whatever. But anyway. Yeah, so like they'll do that with Oscars. Like the one that person gets on the stage is not the one. It's that, not the one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like the show the, one. That's the, they, they the mail show you. one. They yeah. mail you one. Yeah. So it's like wrestling. They have the TV belt and then the road belt, and then like so they they tell him, okay, we're going to present this to you, and we're going to put it at at your original location. Well, they forgot about it, and something like thirty years later, people are finally like, hey. Whatever happened to this fucking thing? Right. So they, if I might, I might be messing up on the timeline here, but anyway, they get the the plaque and they put it at the wrong location. Oh, jeez. They put it in the wrong fucking street, like oh, wrong corner. Sucks. Now, I watched this. I found this out watching this guy's vlog, right? And what the guy failed to to realize was. On the same side of the street, on the, on another corner, was uh, another part of Senate Studios that he didn't mention in his vlog. 
And so when you watch something like that, I want to be like, hey, dude, you were literally right across like you were right there. Right. You walked by where they did this big. So they had this big like um, almost like a merry-go-round uh, round real thing. I forget what they called it. And it's basically like this big, giant, round thing, probably the size of like this room. What's the size of this bedroom, do you think? I I am not good with measurements. Probably like 20 by 20 or something like that. 20 by 20, you think this is 20? But no, it's got to be bigger than 20. 24 by 24? Let's say, let's just say 25 by 25. Okay. All right. Or 30 by 30. That's what this what this giant round thing looked like. And it's painted to look like a scene. Mm-hmm. So it goes around and you're, you stay stationary on like a fake horse or something like that. and But then you're going up and down. So people move you up and down on this like horse contraption and the thing turns around. So it makes it look like you're just riding. Right. And, and you know, and it looks like the things back, you know, in the back, but you're going. Yeah. Forward. It's always weird. That, that kind of reminds me of when you're sitting on a, like a train or a subway car or something like that. Yeah. And there's another one next to you. And like one of them starts moving and you can't really tell which one of this. Have yeah, ever- yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So wait, wait, did I move? Yeah, am I moving right now? Or is the other one? Yeah. Moving? Am I moving or, is that moving? or they both move and, and then you die. I don't know if you die. Oh. That's how, I haven't died yet. Good. Uh, Someday. So, Soon. so they, what this guy fails to realize, because I don't think he even knew, is that on this, where this lot is by, uh, well, there's a building and then there's like this big lot. Literally, like the gate was open. He could have walked right in there and be like, this is where they filmed. But he didn't know that. Right. I know he didn't know that because he would have fucking documented it in his right. vlog. So he had no idea. But anyway, yeah, uh, so where the original Max Senate studio was, uh, there it's it's just a fucking um what do you call it? Storage unit building. Wow. Yeah. And so he went in there and he uh now it's storage war studio. So I'll I'll put his name. His name is Jordan the Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. And, and so he does this, he goes in and he uh he shows that they still have the original rafters up from when it was Max Senate Studios. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, like everything else, like it's storage units, so mm-hmm. you can't tell, you know what I mean? But he went up to the top, and there's still the original rafters, like from when it was Max Senate Studio. And to me, I think that this dude is a lot like me, where he likes to go places where things like that were filmed and like document things and find like what's left of old hollywood yeah that's cool like this, this isn't really hollywood but i know i've read the story today about this teacher uh i don't know where exactly she's teaching or he's teaching i don't know who he or she is but there's this teacher who got permission and they're doing like a road trip and they're doing zoom classes with their their kids but they're doing it from like places where this stuff happened like are they talking about the civil war they might be in gettysburg right they're talking about the revolution that's they might really be cool in- i like that but but uh, <laughs> This is like, we talk about like consciousness and stuff like, uh, you know, like take take you out of a body mm-hmm. and put you in like on some hard drive. You'd be fine with that, right? I wouldn't be fine with it. I think it's preferable to dying. Yeah, I'd be, I'd just fucking take death because my thing with death is, is I don't know. That's, right. that's the, it's the ultimate mystery. Because mm-hmm. it's either you die and then there's you know nothing and you don't know, right? Or you die and there is something and then it's like, whoa, what the fuck is it though? Is it another dimension? Do you wake up in another body? Is it like, do you, is there a? It's like, well, 
you made it here. Uh, now you're going to fucking do this. Like you're going to hell. You're going to heaven. You're going to fucking another realm. You're going to another life. You, you hit the reset button, Brian, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or is it just death? Like, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. We have a pretty good idea. Yeah, we have a good idea. We, have, we don't know. We have a good idea. Yeah. But guess who else has a good idea? Who? Lots of other people that have. That's true. You know, like people that believe in the multiverse thing or right. uh, things like that. I was watching this. Um, I think it's called the, the Young's. No, what the hell is it called? It's a thing where they like where they found like these atoms and they they, they like split these beams mm-hmm. do you know what i'm talking about i can't think of the damn name of it the large hadron collider no 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 no. you know it's something it's something some experiment that they did and it would be great if i'm going to bring something up to actually <laughs> know what the name of it is but oh man what the heck was it called like they they split some light and right they have this idea that that there could possibly be just like millions and billions of like possibilities for us right for us like what there could be one brian right there could be one brian that starts but like every time like you wake up do you ever wake up and you just feel like the world just feels weird right now like everything just feels off yeah it's called every day of 2020 no no no, no, i'm not i'm not not making a joke i'm being like like come on big boy let's have a big boy conversation (laughs) do you ever wake up and feel like you're just in a different fucking world like in a different realm yeah I'm serious, like a feeling. Yes. Okay. I I have that too, where like I'll wake up someday and I'll go, this day seems really weird. Like something seems fucking off. Like I just don't feel like I'm in the right thing. And then, and then things do gradually get weirder. Like, so you just said like 2020 and it's like, right. But imagine that you wake up and another thing, and then Bernie Sanders is your fucking president, but you won't know this because you're here right in this realm but another version of you is dealing with the bernie sanders right that that's the whole idea with like some some offshoots of multiverse theory right like absolutely but any ima- possibility happens but imagine and- imagine it starts with one version of you right and then like it just goes it splits and, and it just keeps going you know keeps multiplying right for every so the like there's billions and trillions and fucking an infinite number of you mm-hmm. having all these different experiences. And there's, you know, there's like me where I'm not even doing this uh, podcast right now because I'm dead. Right. Or because uh, I'm rich somewhere and mm-hmm. I left you in the dirt. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but going back to uh, why the hell did I bring that up? I have no idea. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Something with oh, Max Senate. Maybe? Yeah. So, so the the thing is, is because I like to go places. I like to experiencing, and I think touch is a, like is a real. Did you ever go to the Please Touch Museum in Philadelphia? I hated it. Oh, I never went. I didn't like those museums and stuff when I was a kid. I love. I loved the Franklin Institute. I hated that. Like the we did the Franklin Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was my the, favorite. I think the Mint. Um. The what was the thing with the planetarium thing? The Oh, what the hell was it called? The Omniverse? Yeah, that yeah. was the Franklin Institute. Yeah, the one where like if it went up, you felt like you were going up. Yeah, we took a class trip there, and a bird shit on me. No, oh, that happened to me at the zoo. That happened to me. It wasn't a class trip. It was there with my mom and my uncle, but a, a bird shit on me at the Philadelphia Zoo. Yeah, I had this teal jacket. It was it looked like a um, members only jacket. <laughs> oh wow! And uh, it was like teal, and a bird fucking shit on yeah, me. Yeah, I I love the Franklin Institute. I remember we went to the uh, the Academy of Natural Sciences. 
Okay. That, that was pretty cool. The yeah. Smithsonian later, like when I was in middle school. I didn't appreciate any, I didn't appreciate any of that. I stuff. love like science museums and stuff but, like that. But now I, I'm more I'm more into history, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to touch things, right? I feel that that's like there's something to that. Like I, I'm a big Sleepy Hollow fan, right? I took a picture standing on top of Washington Irving's grave. You want to touch Ichabod's crane? Yes. Okay. I do. That's gross. <laughs> um that is gross but uh i thought of something morbid earlier i'm like i should have taken a, a, a thing of uh dirt from his grave yeah that is morbid yeah that's quite morbid it's weird right? it's incredibly morbid that's not incredibly morbid incredibly morbid is i'm gonna dig his fucking grave up and fuck his fucking skull right that's even that's more morbid, morbid. Saying I want to take a little bit of dirt from his right. grave is weird, but not yeah. more. Yeah, it's but, more weird than. But I would like to have like a collection, like of like dirt mm-hmm. and like a little, uh, like a little like miniature replica of his tombstone, of his headstone. Okay. With like, you just want to build an imaginary graveyard. Yes. Okay. Of like Edgar Allan Poe's grave and have right. a little bit of dirt from him and just like famous people. Do you want Beetlejuice? Because this is how you get Beetlejuice. Yes. Okay. All I have to really say his name three times. Well, I'm not. I'm not ready no. yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beetlejuice. No, don't do it. Beetlejuice. No, don't do it. I only did it okay, twice. Okay, good. Why is it that it's always in threes with those things? Bloody Mary and that. Well, I mean, for movies, there was a whole. There's a whole thing with threes being a, a big point of repetition, especially for jokes. Mm. It was this old setup called the triple, where you would have real one, real one, and then a joke one, a third. Like, yeah. That they they would always do it in threes, yeah. It's just the way they did it. Well, speaking of threes, so there's a three act structure in movies. So like, there's a lot of threes, like a big number. Bringing us way back to the beginning, uh, we talked about Keystone Cops. So I didn't understand what the Keystone Cops reference meant, as far as why they were called the Keystone Cops. I knew what the Keystone Cops were when me, you, and Nate would play Rocket League, right? And there'd be like a big blunder, and we'd be like, "Up, oh, Keystone Cops are at yeah. it again." And then I started learning more about Max Sennett, and I was like, "Ah, uh, okay, this makes sense." Yeah, I didn't know about Max Sennett. I just knew it was like these bumbling cops from old time movies. Yeah, and he it was he yeah it was his. Apparently, it's a big thing in European soccer too. Like, if somebody messes up, they'll say, "Oh, the Keystone Cops are out there." Really? Yeah, that's funny. I love that stuff, man. I, I, I get really sad when when you start to look at like old Hollywood and but it's that's anywhere. It's a nostalgia thing. Like I used to get really depressed when I would look at old images because I, I was part of a group called Old Images of Philadelphia. Right. And I would look at old pictures and like then and now pictures. Mm-hmm. But I'll look at then and now for anywhere. And I see like how it, how the architecture was gorgeous back in the day. And then you look at it now and it's just like bland and boring. And it's funny. I was at the coffee shop here in town uh, one day and I was talking to this guy and he he was dressed like a fucking time traveler. Like he looked like he was he, like stepped straight out of like 1910. Okay. And he was sitting there and he was a little kooky, you know, going off with his. He started getting a. You could tell he's more right leaning than mm-hmm. anything, but he understands a little bit of the left, but he was definitely more right leaning. Uh, but he starts to go on and on and on about architecture and why it happened and like how it's part of the CIA plan or something or, um, and a lot of times like people look at it and they scoff at it. I know you're very, you're, you're quick to scoff and dismiss things. Um, but 
I think there's a lot of truth to it because there's a lot of shit that people scoffed at and then it comes out later on that, oh no, this is true. Like, if you find out 9-11 is an inside job in fucking 50 years from now, like, well, we won't be alive to fucking... Well, let's let's hope. 50 years? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a stretch goal. 50 years? Yeah. We're not going to be alive in 50 years, dude. Yeah, probably not. We wouldn't be alive in 50 years if we were healthy. It's not that old. 90? 90? 90's old, but medicine shit like that. All right, fine. Come on. If you, right. hit, if you fucking hit 80... Dude, if I hit 50, I'll be shot. If, stop. If you hit 80, if you hit 80, you're fucking, you're in good, you're, you're in good. Yeah. Like, uh, Kamala died. He was 70. Yeah. How the fuck? Yeah. How do you live to be old diabetes legs? <laughs> well, old, old partial legs at yeah. one point. Old diabetes stumps. Yeah. How did he fucking, rest, rest in peace, by the way. Yeah. But how, how did he, how did he live to be 70? No idea. That's crazy. Because there's certain things like, obviously, there's things you can do to enhance your chances of staying alive or yeah. to increase your chances of dying. Uh, but a lot of it's a crapshoot. A yeah. lot of it is Not just the luck of the fucking draw. Yeah. Yeah. They always said that it was a Jim fix. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy, I forget the guy's name, but he was a longevity expert. They never aired the episode, but I think he was, he was on either Dick Cavett or one of the Tonight Shows. And he died. He died like sitting there on the show of a heart attack. And they never aired it, but I mm. guess, and he was there to talk about like, oh, because he was like in his early 70s, like, oh, this is how you live a long life and I'm going to live to be 110 and all. And he fucking died right then and there. Wow, really? Yeah, I forget the guy's name. I actually looked at it today when I was researching who died the worst. He didn't make it because I, I, I try to do because we're doing all these movie things. Just a little spoiler preview thing. I tried to do an entertainment centric who died the worst. Okay. But, uh. A lot of them were just heart attacks. Like, oh, this guy was doing this, and they had a heart attack. And, oh, they were doing this, and they had a heart attack. One of them's actually in there. Um, uh, Orson Welles did... Um, well, he was in his 80s, too. Yeah. Uh, when he died. He... Oh, it was like 1985. He did, like, the Merv... I thought he did Dick Cavett, but I believe it was Merv that he did. I like that you're on a first name basis with Merv. That's what the show was called. Oh, it was called Merv? It wasn't like the Merv Griffin show? No, I think it was just called Merv at that point. Um, He uh, he did the show and then went home and had a heart attack. Oh, well, yeah, that happens. Yeah. We had a, a principal at our high school where they were doing this. Uh, this is, It was like... Oh, Scott. Uh, Scott. Yeah. Don't want a first name basis. Yeah, you're on a first name basis with our dead principal. What was his name? Slingsby. Slingsby. Yeah. And yeah, he they was think it was like a black history assembly. It was in February. And yeah, he he like he, I think he was going off the stage and he just went down. That's what I heard, yeah. And died, yeah. He was a bigger guy. Still. I'm a yeah. big guy. I'm a big guy. You're oh. a big guy. Well, we're probably gonna drop dead some well, sometime. Uh look, you look at Abdullah, you look at Bam Bam Bigelow, like these guys live to be a little bit well, Bam Bam was like forty five or forty six. Yeah, Bam Bam wasn't that old as a But man. here's but but here's the thing. Bam Bam was doing he had he was doing a lot of coke. Yeah. And he he was doing a lot of drugs for years. Yeah, like a lot of the wrestlers that died in like their forties and fifties are the ones that were like on pills. Imagine and if Bam coke Bam and... Bam Bam would have probably been alive today if he just was just a fat guy and because right. fucking abdullah wasn't doing coke that you know of and all that yeah. shit he probably wasn't doing coke just ribs and chinese food now that was and, and smoking cigars now yeah. if, if he was doing coke and drugs and ribs and chi <laughs> eating chinese food <laughs> fucking god bless him he's got the hip 
Yeah. I, and Hep C. Yeah. yeah. I don't even believe in God, but God bless him, man. Good for that, dude. Fucking defy all the odds. Yeah. That's he's, crazy. He's uh he's doing he's he's living the dream. <laughs> Good for him, yeah. man. He's living the dream, giving people hepatitis C. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's cleaned up by now. Yeah, I think they have a cure for that now, don't they? Yeah. You can go down to fucking Brazil and get uh what are, what are the, the those things you get to make stem cells? Stem cells, yeah, yeah. Stem cells fix everything. That's why that's one of the reasons I'm very left leaning. If I'm if I, I'm hoping the left wing people are just like go nuts with the science, like just do Absolutely. whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like the left. It, it's because it's more of your middle of the road. Like because uh, it always goes back to George W. Bush and not wanting to do stem cell research because of. Uh, him being so Christian and uh, we need to use fetuses for it. Yeah. Fucking we should be growing fetuses in labs just to take their stem cells. That's why I'm okay with testing on animals. Seriously. I, test, uh, test on I, I want more dangerous science. Yeah. No, I'm Let's with you. Let's go. 100%. Well, anyway, I uh, I said, where did I say we got to go? We got to go to did, Brazil. This, Brazil, yeah. Yeah. So let's go to Brazil right now. All right. How are we going to do that? With what? This week in murder. Sujo. Oh, I, just said, I said sujo. Sujo, yeah, which means dirty yeah. in Brazilian. And uh, I said segue. So, like that little scooter No, because I, I was segue in it because I, I, yeah. I brought up no, Brazil. I and then we got... Uh, the, Brazilian, Brazilian <laughs> expert on indigenous tribes shot, killed by arrow. I couldn't see because I have the microphone turned yeah. upside down today and the wire was in the way. You got a flip turned upside down. Yeah. What's that from... Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, that's right. Do you see they're doing a thing where you can stay in the house? Why did I just ask that? Hey, can we scratch that for the record? <laughs> it's going to be on Airbnb. The uh, the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air house is going to be on Airbnb. You can rent it for a night. Uh, now, does the interior look anything? Pro- like- uh, they'll probably like make try to make it look like it as much as possible. Yeah, do like the same type of yeah. They'll, they'll, they've done gimmicks like that where you can rent like cool things like that on Airbnb. Yeah, uh, like the blockbuster. Yeah, the block the last blockbuster because one of the things that did that. Or one of the, I think one of the reasons they're doing that it was something about like the 30th anniversary or something. Yeah, I, I think. But, by the way, I know what you're doing right now. What we have a story to uh, tell for this week of murder, and you're uh, intentionally trying to not talk about it right now because you don't want to say this guy's name. Ah, I'll I'll be fine with okay, it. Okay, go ahead. But no, apparently they're. Uh, so let me get this out. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing a new like a drama based in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air world, almost like a Cobra Kai type thing, and it's going to be called Bel Air, and it's going to be on Peacock. Okay. They got like a two episode, a two season order. Oh man, poor Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil's dead. I know. Rest in peace. James, anyway, James Avery is awesome. Yeah, Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Also, you know who else is dead? Hmm. Riley Francisco is dead. Okay, is that how you say it? Is it Riley? I, I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna well, say. First of all, if he's in Brazil, it's probably highly. Highly Francis Francisco. Highly Francisco is how we're gonna go. Highly. Highly. Uh, an official for FNAI, Brazil's government agency. By the way, Haile is a really good name. It's a strong name. Riley, Haile, however yeah. you want to pronounce Hi-Li. it. Haile. Yeah, Haile. I'm just saying Riley, though. The name Riley. Very strong name. Okay. Yeah. If I if Wells wasn't my name, I would take the name Riley. Oh, well, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, but he worked for Haile. How about Haile? Would you take that? No. Haxon Haile? No. Um... He was an official for this agency, Brazil's government agency, devoted to monitoring and supporting indigenous tribes. Okay. He was killed with an arrow after he and the group he was traveling with approached an indigenous group and was attacked. Oh. Highly tried hiding behind his vehicle, but was shot in the chest with an arrow. According to a Brazilian policeman who was there with him, 
Hailey was shot just above the heart, removed the arrow, ran about 164 feet, and collapsed. Hmm. The tribesmen who killed Hailey had been part of a group, which is obviously is not the, what they call themselves, this is what the Brazilian officials call them, a group called the Catario River Isolated Group. And it's believed they were part of a group of tribes, tribesmen who have been on a sort of a patrol, stri- uh, just kind of um, searching around that area, looking to protect it from a rash of illegal miners and deforesters who have been encroaching on the tribe's lands. Well, that sounds familiar. Gabriel Yoshida. So, it, so basically, this is the modern day version of, you know, Christopher Columbus type behavior. Um, because these people are like, hey, this is our land. Stay the fuck right. off of our land. Uh, you're they, Yeah, they're considered poachers to these people because it's their land. Right. They're, but the other people are like, hey, we're the victors. We fucking won this fair and square. Right. Well, uh, this guy's like, hey, fair. I'm studying you. Yeah. Why are you shooting me with an arrow? Well, there's that, too. Yeah. So that's how I always because I, I, I like to read alternative texts and read just different things other than just a, a textbook that you hear about because any any of these subjects we hear initially mm-hmm. are typically from school school right. textbooks right with like indigenous stuff native americans with like christopher columbus and all these people coming over but you never really hear a lot of like well they came over and then they were attacked when they got over here. And because when you do, and if you have that conversation with somebody, somebody's going to say, well, they shouldn't have come over. Well, that's not how the fucking world works, but you can't go anywhere. You're not allowed to travel somewhere because you should be able to travel somewhere without fear of being attacked. So this is what it seems like. Are you arguing for open borders right now? No. Oh, not everything's going to be political. I'm arguing, Hey, don't fucking attack first. I think the because the if the idea is when a ship comes up to a new land, right, mm-hmm. to somewhere they've never been before, and they get off the ship and they start getting attacked with arrows, right? People will defend the attackers by saying, "Well, you shouldn't have come over here. Why? Why shouldn't they have come over here? Because what if they initially came here and they were peaceful, but then?" They were like, fuck you. We got attacked first and they attacked back and then they just. So let's just put it this way. The white man comes over. They're peaceful. They get Mm -hmm. attacked and they say, well, fuck you. And they just slaughter everybody inside because they got attacked first. I'm just saying, let's put I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm saying, let's just say that that's what happened. Right. Right. Hypothetically, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't see a problem with that. You don't see it as like a kill on a fly with a sledgehammer situation? No. You gotta... No, absolutely not. Because if you come over somewhere and you get attacked, mm-hmm. you have to stop your fight. That's a threat now. You gotta... You have to fucking wipe out your threat. You have to... You have to... And obviously at some point it's gonna come down to like, all right, chill. Like, we're good. You know? And people retreat. Then you don't go and follow them and wipe out the... Because that's not what happened. We know that that's not what happened in, in real life. We know that a lot of these other tribes were taken out by their own, by not their own people, but other warring tribes because natives weren't peaceful people. Not all natives. Like when you say natives, well, yeah, it depends. Uh, like, yeah, that, like because Pen- we were in Pennsylvania and it was pretty it was as peaceful as anywhere here because uh, they actually bought land for absolutely fair market value, yeah. it seemed. And 
Like yeah. we, we kind of had a pretty pretty sweet arrangement With here. The, uh, Len- Lenny, Lenny Lenape, yeah. Lenape tribes. Yeah, they were pretty peaceful people. Right. I, I think that what a lot of people fail to to realize too is like my my I, I hate when they say like well it was their land was what was their land they owned everything because they were here so if if okay let's just say that there were two hundred native people right mm-hmm. and they come over from Asia okay and they come over here and we're talking Canada the all all North America right. So those two pe- 200 people that come over here, that's now their land? All of it? That's their land. I mean, if they're, they're claiming it, then how do you resolve that? Well, the war, I guess. Yeah. Well, you Which could, is kind you, of what happened. But basically, you could come up, well, so, somewhat, because they, they didn't have the same concept of, concept of ownership right. as, as more, like, yeah, that's why it's in a little, quotes, civilized and, and people. And this is kind of what's happening here. And, yeah. and uh, trying to kind of drawing it back to the story here. Uh, what happened was uh, one of the people, other people in the group was a guy named Gabriel Ishida, and he described this group, the uh, Katario River Group, as being typically peaceful. Why does he sound like he fought in the UFC? That was Lyoto Mashida. Oh. And Who, Gabriel uh, Gonzaga. They're, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't think he ever him, fought in the UFC. I don't, remember him fighting I don't think he can make 265. Um, but uh, he attributed the death to being as, quote, a response to the immense pressure in the region caused by the increased illegal industry. So what's going on in this area is you have a lot of people who are um, encroaching on lands that are protected lands, and they're doing mining, they're doing deforestation. Right. So so the natives are like, no, fuck you. Right. I I, and I, I can't argue with it. And, and the big the big kind of launching point is this, is, this has been a political issue in Brazil, because you have a president there, Jair Bolsonaro, who is very much like the Brazilian Trump. He's very populist. He's very uh, kind of right-leaning. And he has been pushing to open up production in the area and to take some of those lands so they can do more deforestation and mining, which is just what we need now when you know there's crazy weather and you know, fucking entire coasts on fire and uh, one of the busiest hurricane seasons ever. So, yeah. I think that this is how more... Mars started. I think this is how Mars ended. Well, no, it's how it started. Oh. What happened? Well, it's probably a lot of fucking... This is how it starts. Like, it, Mars is probably more like us at some point, right? Think about... Th- think of it as Mars is, like, more like Earth, right? Okay. But then they start... Mars ended by it getting really fucking bad. But this, I'm saying this is how it starts. Wait, are you saying there was, like, an advanced civilization on Mars? or? Uh, hey. You never know. Yeah, you don't know, but we don't know that there was either. Yeah, it's fun to speculate. Okay. Um, people people believe in structures, advanced structures on Mars. There's now they're saying that people are saying there might be evidence of life on Venus, which is weird because the pressure uh, is like ninety four times the fucking pressure. Well, more so than that, it's like the there's a gas on the the surface of Venus. It's toxic. Yeah, and like there's. Was it like double the gravity? Yeah, it is a lot closer to the sun, so the gravity is going to be weird. Yeah, it's very strange. But they're, but, we, but they're not talking about people. Like I think they found evidence of some gas. It's usually, like uh, it, it could indicate life, but it also could not indicate life. It's it, it is places where there isn't life. So it's just in like an early thing. It was like it's been in the well, science. They, they they found they found uh, on Mars. A, a fossil like a microorganism right 
I think they said that. And they said like maybe it wasn't. I don't remember what happened. There, there are some people that speculate that like we broke off from another planet. Yeah, that's always been a hypothesis. I won't say a theory because I don't know how how you would test that, but so it's more of a hypothesis. Yeah, you can still say theory. That's fine. That's fine to say theory. It's an idea. No, they still say theory. They still say theory. Scientists will say theory for things like that. Um. So you can say theory. It's okay to say it. It's like, who's going to come after you? The fucking theory police? Yes. It's fine. To, it's fine. I've, to, I've been dodging the theory police for a long time. It's fine to just say theory. I know you have. It's okay. Just say theory. You're fine. Um, Not fine. I, I, I think that like, this is how something like Mars starts. Because you have a beautiful fucking planet and then you have assholes to come they want to cut all the trees down and then there's all these fires and then all the like so you're saying mars had republicans too yeah god damn it yeah mars had republicans god and, and damn it look what happened to that fucking planet look now what it. is the red planet so of course it happened in mars shit mm-hmm. this is the blue planet come on go back to mars republicans we're gonna become red oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean because they're cutting down all the trees yeah it's just gonna be like the the fucking oceans are gonna get like something's gonna it's gonna get so hot that the water is gonna evaporate and uh, it's just going to be like the sandy fucking hot thing with all this gas and, you know. So it's basically going to be Florida. Uh, look, all, all the wooden structures are going to go away. It's going to burn up, right? Right. Uh, all your plastic is going to burn up. So all your paper products, anything like that is going to burn up. Um, And then it's going to get so hot that your metal is going to disintegrate. Right. Right. So you're going to have like virtually nothing left to prove that there were structures. Okay. Except for some, you know, you you might Mm -hmm. have some, but but it'll be buried under so much ash and and rock and other things, you know? Right. We have a hard time digging up uh, things here, like in sand, where they, where they, where Cecil B. DeMille or Cecil B. DeMille uh, buried his original. Uh, Ten Commandments uh, prop uh, set pieces, right? Like these gigantic, you know, the set pieces he had, right? They're yeah, like massive, the, like hundred foot fucking yeah, the things, pillars and stuff. Yeah, so everything, the whole thing, he be buried all of his shit and uh, out in uh, L- uh, not L.A. but out in uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, on like a beach. He buried it, and they thought it was a myth until they fucking started. Just recently, the past few years, finding all these things. Oh, wow. Yeah, they started finding it. So, but they were having a hard time. They started digging and they were trying to ex- excavate mm-hmm. uh, these things. They were having a hard time finding that. You know, what if this shit happened like millions and billions of years ago? That's true. It'd be really hard to fucking find if Very it's hard. under hundreds of feet of of ash and rock and whatever. Anyway, totally. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to uh, next story. Oh, we're on the next story already. Yep. Okay. Uh, man being arrested for domestic battery dies trying to escape police. Police in Treasure Island, Florida, responded to a domestic call near a Publix grocery store just before 8 p.m. on September 6th. After arriving on site, they arrested 33-year-old Donnie Brownlow Jr. on charges of domestic battery, driving with a suspended license, and probation violation. I remember him in WWF. He used to... He remember he was a European... D'Lo Brown. That was oh, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. And he had the down low. Yeah. I, so I was confused. Donnie Brown. Low. Right. Okay. Uh, somebody, uh, I saw somebody saying, uh, why does Keith Lee look like a fatter D'Lo Brown? He doesn't. That's just racist. Yeah. It's because he's, he's a black guy in a singlet. Yeah. Yeah. It looks okay. He's fuck, yeah. that, that, that is a racist thing. He looks, they their facial features. They look very, very different. They look very different. Yeah. That's, 
That's fucking just racist bullshit. Okay. The priors for Donnie Brownlow Jr. involved being uh, sentenced to probation and having his license suspended earlier this year after he was charged back then, earlier in the year, with aggravated battery, reckless driving, and fleeing officers. This time around on the 6th of September, Brownlow tried to flee again with deadly consequences. The Treasure Island Police Department sits near Boca Ciega Bay, and Brownlow was able to break free from police as they led him toward a van that was to transport him to Pinellas County Jail. Brownlow dove into the bay, hands cuffed, and drowned. He was pulled from the water by paramedics from a neighboring fire department, but efforts to resuscitate him failed. Mm. An autopsy was done to determine whether drugs or alcohol were involved, but results have yet to be released. Yet to be released, man. Yeah, yet to be released. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to commercial. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. All right, now it's time for our uh, main event of the evening, even though we don't do it last. I guess who died the worst is the main event. <laughs> this is the featured attraction, though. I see that this is the main event, and then who died the worst is like the dark match that comes after. Yeah, it's like the dessert. This is the main course. Right, yeah, right. This week in Murder's Your Appetizer. Yes, this is the main course. So the, the little banter at the very beginning is us waiting for the, the meal. We've already ordered our food, and now, you know, we're just waiting. And then the appetizer comes, and that's this week in Murder. Right. And then the main course is what we're doing right now. Right. And then, yeah, who died the worst is a nice little uh, nice little dessert at the end. Yeah. It's, I like that. I like how you put that together. It's a, it's a three-course meal of podcasts. That's what we do here. With a little bit of bullshit talking. Yeah. Well, you have to wait for your meal. Yeah. So, um... And, and the, the times where I go off on, like, rants and tangents right. and stuff and, like, derail, it's just, you know, the bullshit conversations you have while you're eating. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Makes sense. Exactly. So we got it. Got it. So, and I've been looking forward to this one. This one's going to be fun. I think we're both looking forward to this one. Uh, I, and you were on this old Hollywood kick you were talking about a lot earlier. Uh, it was a very fun... I think the uh, the banter this week was a very fun mix of old Hollywood stuff and science, which are two things you don't think would go together. But that's 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 fun. Yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. Well, you do have the Griffith Park ex- uh, Observatory. Is that where, like, all the uh, tar pits are or something? Oh no, the, the observatory. I know what you mean. No, yeah, it's just yeah. an observatory. Yeah, uh, I think have, of the Brea tar pits. No, but they. What's funny is they have like uh, a James Dean bus there, and they have like I think uh, 
Galileo, is it? Galileo. Man, did they have Figaro there too? Figaro. No, I don't think they have. Uh, Those th- poor boys. I'm, Nobody loves them. I think they have Galileo. I'm not sure who they have there. No, no, not Galileo. Um, I think Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, okay. I think they have a, like a statue of him there. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can mix mm-hmm. like Hollywood and, you know. How about Copernicus? My Polish brother Copernicus. No. No, damn You're it. You're not even that Polish. Stop I'm a little it. Polish. You're, you farted it out. Come on. I saw pierog- I went food shopping the other day, by the way. I saw pierogies. I was going to grab you some. No, you're trying to kill me. No, I'm not trying to kill you. Oh. So instead, I was like, no, you know what? He's trying to, he's trying to diet. I shouldn't do that. So I got you ice cream instead. <laughs> Thank you. you grab you ice cream. <laughs> Look, and, and it's like, it seems a little like, why is this grown man, the straight, this heterosexual, first of all, don't assume, don't ever assume my gender or my uh, what, what sexual it, orientation. orientation or anything about me, okay? All right, don't don't assume that. I am part of the gay community. The gay community. We've we've established this. All right, but he is my hetero life partner. <laughs> All right. Now he's my he's my 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 best friend that argues. We argue like a married couple. We live in the same house. We've been best friends for twenty something fucking years, and uh, I pick up stuff when I, I'm I'm out and I'm like, oh, you know what? I see ice cream. They had the WWE ice uh, ice cream uh, sandwiches. Yes. Which are close enough to the WWF ice cream bars. Next time I have one, I'm going to dip the bottom in chocolate syrup so it's a little more like an ice cream bar from back in the day. You should just get a chocolate cookie thing. Yeah. They, I, I saw, by the way, I saw like how to make the WWF ice cream bars. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, it was like make it yourself, like a DIY thing, mm-hmm. like do it yourself. And no, I, was, I know that. Yeah. And uh, like, Gargano and Champa. Yeah. And it was their ice cream bars. Oh, okay. But no, it was this uh, DIY thing and it was fucking, I'm like, holy shit, I need to do it. <laughs> I need to do it because that was, it just, there was a taste when you ate that. But I, I kind of felt that eating those, I, that ice cream sandwich yesterday because mm-hmm. that cookie part. Right. Like there was just something. It just tastes like childhood. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say what's different. This is a lighter, this is a lighter color for one. Yeah. I remember it being a more tan color mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Right. And I didn't care about the chocolate part, to be honest. I just like the, the, the dark, like the tan color one. The Not the darker, part, the lighter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I love, well, the, because it wasn't vanilla cookie. It was, no, it was whatever, like a. Whatever it was. Yeah. It was good. It was goodness. Dude. It was so good. But it tastes close enough to it. I think, I think that this is a little lighter. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. It's different. Yeah. I think it's a lighter color and it's, and it's a little fluffier. Yeah. Like it needs to be a little bit more. Um, What's it? What do you call it? D- to a little dense? No, like Den- a dense. I would definitely okay. say it's like a little, fl- yeah, like light and airy, and you want a little more like substance to it. Yeah, yeah. Dense is, I think, a good word. Yeah, I want that, and I want it to be a little dark, just a little bit darker, like mm-hmm. tan, and then fucking, I'll eat that all day long and die. Yeah, because yeah. I have diabetes. <laughs> that, that's that's probably a bad and idea. I will die of beaties. Yeah, yeah. Got the beaties. Or as I like to uh, tell my kids when, when I eat something bad, and they're like, Daddy, you have diabetes. And I go, kids, I have diet beaties. And they're like, that's not a real thing. And I go, oh. Okay. So. It's my little play on words, I guess. Diet mm. beaties that I laugh at and that nobody else does. So, Well, anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's just talk about really shitty comedy that everybody loved back in the day. <laughs> you taking a shot at uh, old Roscoe here? Nah. 
Uh, so yeah, and this actually throws back to one of my favorite episodes in our back catalog. I think it was like season one, maybe early season two. We did Innocent, my dude. And I really like that episode. Uh, no, by the way, I'm not taking a shot. Uh, I, I love I love old timey stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been obsessed with I've been obsessed with like Hollywood and that whole thing. Like I used to put that in my dating profiles and stuff like for years. It, it would be it would say something like. Like I miss when Hollywood was like glamorous or some shit. You know right. what I mean? Like I call it Holly weird now. I don't really call it that. Well, I saw I saw this thing, and it was it was about the Mid Atlantic accent, mm-hmm. and the the article was like, we're gonna talk about that weird like that weird ass Mid Atlantic accent, and I'm like, first of all, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, writer, yeah. fuck you, writer, like. I love that Mid-Atlantic. When I think of that Mid-Atlantic, what do you think of it? Who do you think of? Right off the bat, give me a name. Hurry up. What's the Mid-Atlantic accent? Like the Philly accent? No. Mid- oh. no, no oh, 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 it's the old timey, the way people would talk that they were kind of trained to talk in uh, movies and old announcer voices. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody. Vincent Price, Orson Welles. Think about that. Okay. That type of accent mm-hmm. they had. I, I can't think of anybody besides those two like clark gable all those guys so okay. they would all speak katherine hepburn okay they like it's that that almost pompous airy like uh socialite type okay like they all spoke with that like they're dignif like they had dignity and right. like they're um you know just you're like more like almost like you're putting affluent. on a british accent but not quite right yeah. like 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 a pseudo british accent uh, uh william daniel okay from uh so, feeny. So, feeny mr feeny william daniels is it daniels? i think it's daniels yeah. is it daniels okay he's not british no he's from brooklyn oh wow okay mr matthews mr matthews yeah, yeah that that okay. voice oh so yeah oh. the voice i did on the thing we never really put out what's that clive and talbert right yeah, okay yeah. yeah i got you yeah that's that's what i think of. i think of myself dude he's from brooklyn not clive okay no and you know who else um who's the guy from lost in space oh shit i don't know his name oh dear that yeah guy. him Young also, from, also from new york okay yeah i forget his name yeah, but yeah. that's the mid-atlantic accent okay this is the accent that people were taught if you listen to vincent price and you listen to orson wells they're mm-hmm. from the midwest oh, okay yeah they're from the midwest like i've never heard it called the mid-atlantic accent before that's that's the name i've of heard it. like the Actually, chili accent the, the, the baltimore have, accent called have, like the mid-atlantic accent you have because you told me it was the mid-atlantic accent oh, okay and then i well, looked I forgot it, i this is a long time ago mm-hmm. and i looked it up that's probably why i forgot but you're right because they do call the philly accent the mid-atlantic accent as right. well so i call the jim crockett accent yeah <laughs> i get it i get it yeah no, nobody else gets nobody it. else gets it nobody else gets it um I think that that's what I took that image name mid Atlantic thing. Yeah, okay. I think that's I had mid Atlantic in it. Yeah, it was like I. It was like investigative, like mid Atlantic, ghost, ghost encounters, or yeah. something like that. Some it's it's one of those things where you definitely come up with the name first and then you shoehorn the acronym in. No, we had the acronym first. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, hey, that spells image. How about that? No, you have the acronym, and then you try to make it work. Right, that's what I mean, yeah. You said the name first, and then try to... 
Wait, that's what I mean. You have the letters first. You're like, okay, what can we make this stand oh, for? Oh, I thought you yeah. meant the actual full name. I was like, what no, are you talking no, about? No no. no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had the acronym first. Yeah. Well, it was MAGE. It was initially MAGE. We talked right. about this. It yeah, we did. M-A-G-E, yeah. which was like Mid-Atlantic Ghost Encounters or right. something like that. And then Pat was like, it should be I. Throw an I under, so right. it's image. Like a ghost image. And I was right. like, dude, that's fucking brilliant. And so we were like, investigative. <laughs> like, we just <laughs> needed a name. But we had Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, cause, Introspective. Because we had Mid-Atlantic is like any from anywhere, I guess, from like Baltimore to like Philly. Yeah. That area, they, they call it Mid-Atlantic. And so, and the Philly accent and the Baltimore accent are very similar. Yes. And they call that the Mid-Atlantic accent. Mm-hmm. Some people call it the Mid-Atlantic accent. Right. But also that mr matthews yes like that's also called the mid-atlantic accent so anyway going back to that i love that stuff do you love it so much that you want me to do this in the mid-atlantic accent no okay good because i don't want to but i kind of like it's funny because people were like citizen kane's is considered the like the best movie of all time right like yeah, the first time they did that AFI 100 years, 100 movies thing, they they said it was number one. But people like people love it. They they yeah. talk about how I've never seen it. Shot it was and, yeah. and everything. And Orson Welles' character, he talks in a mid Atlantic accent in the movie, and he's he's trying to be um, oh what's his name Hurst, William Randolph Hurst. That's who he's that's who he is, and mm-hmm. that's who's basically being in the movie. William Randolph Hurst. <laughs> yeah, that that type yeah. of. You know, yeah, that I I love that accent. But imagine, could you imagine if like actors just started talking in that accent today? It would be funny if just out of nowhere somebody randomly did it. Like, what the fuck? What are you What are you doing, Chris Evans? Why are you talking like that? <laughs> that would be yeah, fucking Chris. I'm Evans. Captain America. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I accidentally tweeted a picture of my penis. I couldn't imagine people doing that today. Just that. Though it would be- <laughs> about that. I can't imagine Jimmy Stewart accidentally tweeting a picture of his penis. I wish I could do a good Jimmy Stewart impersonation. <laughs> yeah, me too. God. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, don't bring up a name that we can't do an impersonation of from now on. Okay. Now, if it was Droopy Dog, <laughs> as- I, I I could see Droopy Dog accidentally tweeting a picture of his penis. You know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I accidentally. Boo. There you go. I'm happy. Why we can tell. You twitter your lipstick case, Droopy. Do you remember uh what was the Droopy cartoon? Oh uh, well he I remember he had the, was there was like a detective. Detective Droopy, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I really saw him a lot. They had the Tom and Jerry kids, it was a nineties cartoon. Right. And Tom and Jerry's kid that and then you had um the what was dot Animaniacs. Yeah, Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Pinky in the brain. Right. And the brain was Maurice LaMarche, who based that voice off of Orson Welles. Orson Welles, yeah. yeah. And in, in the movie Ed Wood, yeah, he was the one that did the voice for. Mm-hmm. They had they had a guy. Yes, they had a guy sitting there mm-hmm. as Orson Welles, like in the thing. But then he's the one that did the uh, did the voice for it. Fucking right. awesome. But anyway, yeah, let's talk about a different old actor guy. On March twenty fourth, eighteen eighty seven. Yeah. By the way, uh. Speaking of that time, those cartoons, we're going to talk about a guy. uh, He was the owner of Garfield. His name was John Fatty Arbuckle. No, 
No, this is not John Arbuckle. Huh? This has nothing to do with John Arbuckle. John Arbuckle is a fictional character. This per- is Fatty Arbuckle. That that no. First of all, John Arbuckle was not a fat guy, and he has nothing to do with this because he is a cartoon. I had my notes wrong. You you certainly did. I, who I, is this? I, this is about a man who was born on March twenty fourth, eighteen eighty seven. One of the first superstars of American comedy. He was born in Smith Center, Kansas. Roscoe Conkling Arbuckle. Is yeah, it's not the same guy. No, this guy. This did guy. Not... This guy was an actual person. Oh, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He looks like he would have eaten Garfield. Well, at least would have eaten the lasagna. Mm. And he did come to be known by a more uh, dubious nickname, one he hated. He was called Fatty Arbuckle. And uh, Roscoe was large from birth. He wasn't a guy that kind of grew into the weight. He was large from birth. When he was born, he weighed about 13 pounds. And his father, William Arbuckle, was a more slight man. And he thought there was no way I produced this giant kid. And he thought from birth that Roscoe was not his. And he took an instant disliking to him. He was very abusive to uh, Roscoe. He kind of denounced him from from day one. In fact, his name, Roscoe, was a slap in the face. Uh, he named his son Roscoe after a politician of the time. And that politician was uh, a guy named, excuse me, Roscoe Conkling. Roscoe Conkling was a U.S. senator from New York and a, a mentor of President Chester A. Arthur. And... Roscoe Conkling actually died a year after Roscoe Arbuckle was born. And one of the reasons that 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 uh, that William Arbuckle named his son that, because, again, he thought this wasn't really his son. And Roscoe Conkling had a he had a uh, reputation for being a bit of a womanizer, a bit of a philanderer. And so he named his son Roscoe Conkling Arbuckle. I want to be a philanderer and a philanthropist. There have been plenty of those. Side story, side story, and this is kind of like a conspiracy corner thing about Roscoe Conkling. Conspiracy like I, corner, like conspiracy I, corner. Like I said, his his mentor, like one of the people he helped bring up in politics, was a guy named Chester A. Arthur, who was one of our presidents. Right, and he became president. Father of B. No, hmm. no, I got my notes wrong. You did. I don't know. I don't know where you got these notes from, but from my interns. Well, you need better interns. Well, they're also in school. That's true. They're they're busy right now. So, Garfield became president. It's funny, Garfield, you're talking about that. It <laughs> all together. Circle. Yeah. Uh, president James Garfield, not the cat. Uh, not, uh, not the, yeah, not the cat that this guy owned. Right. No, wrong. I don't know anymore. Uh, so, President James Garfield, his vice president was Chester Ray Arthur, and Garfield was assassinated, and some people at the time did believe that Roscoe Conkling arranged the assassination so that Chester Ray Arthur could become uh, president. It wasn't uh, Chester A. Uh, wait, what was his name? Chester A. Arthur. Or, oh, it wasn't o- Odie. No, no, or Normal. Normal. Or any of the other one, or anybody from U.S. Acres. If you were in the Garfield and Friends, yeah. It was. Uh, I. It, it was just an assassin. When I was a kid, Garfield would be on, and then right after Garfield, Heathcliff would come on, and I would always be like come on garfield and so i go watch heathcliff really i loved garfield dude i was such a heathcliff, heathcliff i like them both heathcliff, but i love garfield no 
whatever the fuck it was, terrorize their neighborhood, I think it was. Terraform the neighborhood. It was a very environmentalist cat. Terrorize the neighborhood. <laughs> and then, uh, but then there would be another thing that would come on. It was, there was a cat named Riff Raff. Right. He was one of the ones with Heathcliff. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I was like, all right, fucking Heathcliff. I don't care about you. I went Riff Raff. Right. I watched Heath. I watched Garfield mm-hmm. only to get to Heathcliff. Even though I should have just paid attention to time. Yeah. But I was like, nah, I got to sit through fucking Garfield. <laughs> My favorite part of Garfield was U.S. Acres. U.S. Acres was great. With Wade Duck and Roy the Rooster, Orson the Pig. Yeah. Orson the Pig. They had a name in it. Oh, Orson. of course. Yeah. Uh, and then so I waited for that. And then Garfield ends. Heathcliff comes on. And then I only watch it because I want Riff Raff. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. All that Riff Raff. So Mary Gordon Arbuckle, Roscoe's mother, Died in 1848, and Roscoe's only about 11 or 12 at this point, and his dad's like, nope, you're out. You're not my son. I don't support you. And so Roscoe had to kind of go out on his own at a very, very young age. I started working at a hotel near Santa Ana, California. Santa Ana! And that's where the family had moved when Roscoe was around like two years old. And he did some odds and ends and began to support himself. And he'd always been a little bit of a performer. He did some stage roles as a child. He was in some acting troupes. And one thing that was very common back then were talent shows. You yeah. would uh, you would have your big building where, like, your theater. You know what else is common back then? What? Shitting in an outhouse. That's true, yeah. yeah. Which, now you could probably do it on a talent show. And somebody would be like, hey, that guy's funny. He's shitting in an outhouse. Yeah. So back then, it would be like, you'd come on, you would sing your song, you'd do your dance. And if you were good, they would cheer for you. If you were bad, they would boo, and they would take you off the stage with a hook, a hook, literally a shepherd's crook. Yeah. And so Roscoe wasn't singing too well this and one they would, night. They would throw a lot of uh, tomatoes, like rotten produce, t- right? Yeah, rotten produce, yeah. And so this night, Roscoe's not doing so well. And so they come out with the hook, and he notices the hook is coming. So all of a sudden, he just starts running away from the hook, and he does a somersault into the audience. And Roscoe's a big guy. Like, especially for the time. Like, they say now he wouldn't even be... He would still be a fat guy, but not, like, that fat. He was, like, 260 pounds. He was shorter, too. He was shorter, yeah. So he looked big. Right. And he was very light on his feet. They said he was a great dancer. He moved really well. Well, it's it's weird. I used to actually be very light on my... And I'm I'm not making a joke or anything. Like, I I used to be very agile um, before, like, all the diabetes shit started really fucking up my, you know, my my feet and my uh, legs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so I understand it. I understand what it's like to be just extremely like, I, I believe like when I walk, I, I'm very light on my feet. Like, right. I kind of tiptoe through the, like when I walk, I actually do. Uh, I walk more on the front of my feet, but right. now you are very, like I hear when you're coming, right. You're very flat footed, very like heavy, heavy footed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I walk more on my heels, but, but it's like you land your whole, like, like, Feet, right. like when you walk and i also say fee fi fo fum i smell the blood of an englishman and i don't understand because i'm irish um but there's that like one percent english that's like, no part i can smell what, my kids are fucking small they're all skinny right and they're fucking loud ass walkers mm-hmm. so i don't understand it yeah it's weird yeah. but they said like even dancing with him he was like very adept dancing yeah and so roscoe does the somersault under the crowd and the crowd goes nuts is this microphone picking up, by the way? Yes, it is. It, it is. It is definitely picking up, yeah. Stop talking for a second. One, two, three. It is. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep, it's picking up. Okay. Sorry. 
And so that was kind of his star making moment. It was this this thing where he gets this huge reaction. And so it becomes one of the biggest stars of vaudeville doing more of a comedy act than a singing act. And then later he moves into silent film when when the film industry opens up and Fatty Arbuckle uh, is born at this point. And not only was Roscoe a top level star in his own right, but he was also helping foster the careers of many who would vault in the superstardom themselves. Buster Keaton, he helped get made. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, he helped kind of get bigger. Bob Hope, he discovered. And then some other people who were lesser known stars. Uh, Harold Lloyd, Al St. John, who was Roscoe's nephew. Uh, Mabel Norman, who we'll get more into later. And- oh, oh, we'll get into her a lot. That sounded like we were going to like have sex with her. No, no, I wouldn't do that. She's been She's been dead for 90 years. Has it been that long? No. Yes. 90? I believe she died in 1930. Really? Yes. She was a fucking troubled troubled girl. Troubled girl. We'll get into her more later. Another big star at the time was the uh, rather diminutive Minta Durfee. Yeah. And uh, that was Roscoe's wife. That was Roscoe's first wife. Yeah. By 1921, however, their relationship was on the rocks and they had already separated, although they had not divorced quite yet. Think about that. That's fucking 99 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 case we're talking about right now is about 100 years ago this happened. Fucking weird. Yeah. Very strange. And and Roscoe at this point was busy one of be, being one of the biggest stars in the world. And he had a production company he had started up with, with uh, some partners called Kamik. And he sold his stake in that to Buster Keaton, who was, already, who was becoming a huge star at this point, too. And in 1918, Roscoe signed... Uh, the first ever million dollar deal in Hollywood history. It was a three year deal for three million dollars, and it called for him to make upwards of six films a year for Paramount. But all of this came with a price. Roscoe was overworked, his health was suffering a little bit. Like we were saying earlier, he was normally very light on his feet, but he had an infected boil, the uh, carbuncle, as they call them. That almost cost him yeah, his leg in 1916. Yeah, fatty carbuncle. Fatty carbuncle, yeah. And uh, so he, he almost loses his leg to this uh, fatty carbuncle on his leg in 1916. And the pain from that led to a morphine addiction, sadly. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. By early September 1921, Roscoe was taking a little bit of a break from work, and he had planned to have a Labor Day party with a few of his colleagues Actor directors Lowell Sherman and the guy who was putting the whole party together, Fred Fishback. Fishback, sorry. Uh, the trio. Fishbach. Fishbach. Um, the trio was celebrating the release of the latest Arbuckle comedy, Crazy to Marry. And the party took a turn, however, before it even started. Roscoe had taken his car, which was an early model Pierce Arrow, in for service, and while he was waiting for his car to be ready, he um, he accidentally sat on a rag that had been soaking in acid. The acid burned through his pants and inflicted second-degree burns on Roscoe's buttocks. Oh, shit. And so at that point, he's like, ah, I'm, I'm done. I can't drive all the way to San Francisco. Uh, but Fred Fishbach got him a rubber-padded donut to sit on, and the party was on. Roscoe and his friends had booked three adjoining rooms at the St. Francis Hotel on Powell and Geary Streets in San Francisco, one room for Arbuckle and Fishbach to stay, uh, share, one for Sherman himself, and then in the middle, between them, a party room for everyone. And so, per Arbuckle, all of these arrangements were made by Fishbach. Despite the fact that this was all happening during Prohibition and the Temperance Movement, 
Alcohol was flowing freely that night. Several women were invited to the party as well. Uh, but one that wasn't invited and just kind of showed up was Virginia. Is it rap or rappy? Do you know? I think it's rep, like repe. Repe? Virginia. We're going to call her Virginia. I think uh, it's repe. Virginia repe. Uh, 26. An, inspi- an aspiring actress originally from Chicago. And she came along with Maude Bambina Delmont. I think uh, it's Delmont. Delmont? I'm just joking. Like the Delmont Network? No, I think it's Delmont. That's Dumont. Yeah. The Dumont Network. Yeah. Uh, some have said that their arrival gave Arbuckle pause. The two women didn't exactly have sterling reputations. Uh, Virginia had a reputation around Hollywood circles for being promiscuous. Yeah. Uh, there were rumors that she had a child uh, before she came to Hollywood that she gave up for adoption. Uh, there were rumors about her having drug issues. And, and, and you got to think, at the time, that was really looked down on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, today, you look at it and you go, and? Like, well, yeah. So what? But you have, to look, you have to look at things in terms of what was acceptable right. at the time, at, at all times. You have to understand it, because you can't look at it through the lens of today. Yeah. Yeah. So back then, uh, if you were considered a quote unquote loose woman, yeah, that was devastating. Yeah. That was and, uh, and you didn't you didn't have ch- uh, children out of wedlock. And, you know, a lot of times they're young. You you give it up. You give up your kid for adoption. And then it's kind of like swept under the rug. Like you don't talk about that. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It was something you just really didn't bring up. It was taboo to, to speak of. As was obviously, because it still kind of is, prostitution. And uh, Bambina Delmont, Maud Delmont, she had a reputation for being a madam, a uh, a woman of ill repute who would... I su- love that. I, I Well, uh, just clipped. Uh, I, I, got I love when you clip. I, I, I fucking got really loud. I'm like, ah! it, yeah. in, my, in my head, uh, in my headphones, it went... Yeah, it clipped a little bit. Uh, I love that. I want to start call, calling people like a woman of. I want to. Call, I want to get in an argument uh, with a like a female, so I could call her a woman of ill repute. There you go. I think that's a great insult. <laughs> it or, is. Or uh, or call somebody old pus gut. That's an even worse. Uh, it's an even worse insult. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. it's an insult. That's why we would say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, she, she and she also had a reputation that she may have been blackmailing some of her clients, uh, which is obviously not good. The main concern, though, is that having these two women would make the staff kind of look twice uh, and lead them to think that this was a gin party, which it was. Again, this is during Prohibition, and they didn't want the cops coming in and uh, rounding up everybody for uh, drinking some of the devil's juice. Okay. Uh, What is known is that sometime in that afternoon, uh, Roscoe and Virginia wound up in a hotel room alone and screams were heard. When party guests rushed, in, rushed into the room, they found Virginia Rappi on the bed, fully clothed and writhing in pain. Rappé. 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 It's French. Roscoe's story, one that never wavered Maybe or changed. Maybe it is Rappi. I don't know. We're just going to say Rappé, though. Rappé. Uh, Roscoe's story, one that never wavered or changed, was that he had gone to the ba- use the bathroom and he found Virginia drunk and unconscious on the floor and then he carried her to the bed. He did this to me, a pained Virginia Rappay declared. The ensuing story is one that has laid the framework for tabloid Hollywood scandals to this day, and we'll explore it more right after this. 
Most of the partygoers assumed Virginia's accusations were just drunken ramblings. She did seem quite drunk at the time. Arbuckle left. Nothing much happened right away. Not until Maud Delmont took Virginia to the hospital, claiming that she had been raped by the legendary Fatty Arbuckle. Delmont told officers that Roscoe and Virginia had a few drinks together and that Roscoe brought her into the room where they were found and told her, quote, I've waited for you for five years and now I've got you. Delmont claims to have knocked and kicked at the door, which Arbuckle finally answered in his pajamas wearing Rappi's hat, Rappi's hat, sorry, uh, Rappi's hat, quote, cocked at an angle and smiling boyishly, that innocent smile that helped make him a star. Meanwhile, as this is happening, according to Maud Delmont, Virginia Rappi was moaning in pain behind him. Uh, shortly after this, Virginia Rappi died of a ruptured bladder and parentitis. Yeah. I, this is this is one of those stories. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it when. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually I'll save my my uh. What do you what do you call it? Your opinion. Your yeah, sure. Take yeah, my take. There you, you go. Save your take. I'll save my take on until the end. On September seventeenth, Roscoe Arbuckle was formally charged with manslaughter. The media and the court of public opinion was quick to convict him. And this became, like, the big story. Uh, we were talking earlier about William Randolph Hearst. Basically, they acted like he was caught in the act in the middle of doing it, and that he was also killing a baby in each hand while he was doing it. That's how much of a villain that the uh, Hearst newspapers made Fatty Arbuckle look like, or Roscoe Arbuckle. Yeah, he had a, he had a big beef with, with uh, Roscoe. Yeah. And... He what what happens is is you know because a lot of these stories are sensationalized mm -hmm. that if it if a if a story sounds good and it does well in the right. papers mm -hmm. they start to run that everywhere because they know that yeah making, it's going to sell papers whether whether or not it's it's true or not exactly they know that they're gonna they got a fucking hit on their hands mm -hmm. so and they did hear uh, the the Arbuckle scandal uh, the Hearst company sold more papers covering this. Then the sinking of the Lusitania, which is what got us in the World War One, right? Or as they called just then, the Great War, because they would have called it World War One before World War Two. That would have been really weird. It's like, okay, what are you waiting for here? So the public perception became quickly that Arbuckle was a giant predator who used his overwhelming size to power down and literally crush the smaller Virginia Rapay and literally just crush her organs and kill her with his size. Uh, it was already commonplace to chide Arbuckle for his size at this point. He was often called things like the Prince of Wales, W-H-A-L-E-S. Mm -hmm. He was called the Balloonatic. Okay, that's funny. And uh, he he always said that he detested the name Fatty. Uh, he, he would always want to be called Roscoe. If somebody called him Fatty in public, he would frequently reply, I have a name, you know. And so Roscoe Arbuckle is arrested, and he spent three weeks on what was called Felony Row, at San Francisco's Hall of Justice, not where the Super Friends would hang out. This was basically where they would hold people awaiting trial in San Francisco. Well, I'm going to assume that's where they took the name from. Probably. Seems like it could be a likely scenario. And he was held there for three weeks before he was allowed Did to postpone. Did you ever see what it looks like? I've never seen San Francisco's Hall of Justice, no. Yeah, look at look at those. Look at just pick. I, I'm I'm gonna. I haven't seen it either. That's oh, okay. I, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I, I haven't I'm, seen it. I'm going to assume though, without knowing that if you look at it, it's probably gonna look similar to, 
just because of the architecture out in California, those mm-hmm. big buildings, right? They, they're because they're different than they're different than they're unique to, uh, like you'd see it there. You're not really going to see it in like New York or something, right? Yeah. And so yeah, he's he's held for three weeks before they even let him post bond. The prosecutor in the case, Matthew Brady, felt that being the man who put Fatty Arbuckle away would be his ticket to the governor's mansion. He had higher political aspirations here. And he played dirty to get there. He intimidated witnesses. He threatened people if they didn't say what he wanted them to say. He was going to charge them with perjury. Uh, there, there was a lot of dirty politics going on here. And by the time the trial started, Roscoe was so hated that Minta Durfee, his estranged wife, as I said earlier, they'd already separated at this point, but she still supported him. And she would come to the courthouse every day and kind of sit by his side and, and kind of stand by her man, she was shot at outside the courthouse. She wasn't shot, but she was shot at. Yeah. And then witnesses against Roscoe included the model, Betty Campbell, who said she saw Roscoe smiling after the rape occurred. Gavin McNabb, Roscoe's attorney, made her admit that she was threatened with a perjury charge if she didn't testify. So she was kind of pressed to testify. A nurse, Grace Holtson, later testified that it was, quote, very likely that bruising along Virginia's body was due to the force of Roscoe's assault. She later admitted that the bruises could have come from very heavy jewelry uh, that everybody saw Virginia wearing. By the way, I don't ever, ever, ever value the opinion of a nurse. After this fucking coronavirus shit. Yeah, because you've seen a lot of, like, nurses that are, I see like, so, anti-maskers and so stuff. so many anti-masker nurse, nurses out there that, to me, it's like, it, look, if there was an overwhelming number of doctors, if, if there were as many doctors right. as I see nurses mm-hmm. saying, fucking stop with the mask, you don't need to wear a mask, I would probably go, we probably don't need to wear a mask. If there were that many doctors... Well, it depends there. on the doctor. If you're a fucking podiatrist, I don't care. If you're well, an immunologist, then go for it. Oh, sure. I listen to the immunologists. Right. And let's just say that you see hundreds of them saying it. Right. Well, it depends how many... If, if there are millions of them and a couple hundred are saying it, then well, we haven't that's seen, a very small we minority. Have, but we haven't seen millions of doctors saying to wear a mask either. We haven't seen millions. Right. There's just not that many doctors weighing in uh, on it. Um. I don't know if there are millions of what, immunologists. immunologists. There, there's not. Yeah. There's probably tens of thousands. Another prosecution witness claimed that the fingerprints. Oh, by the way, uh, this nurse later admitted when she was being cross-examined by McNabb uh, that the ruptured bladder may have been not been caused by an outside force, may have been from inside the body. Like it didn't necessarily have to be something pushing down on on the bladder. Another prosecution witness claimed that fingerprints on the doorknob of the room showed that Virginia tried to leave and Roscoe stopped her, but a hotel maid testified that she had thoroughly cleaned the doorknob before police investigated and dusted for prints. So not true. Well, there's a lot of bullshit with this case. Yes. There's a lot of bullshit. Uh, um, uh, what was her name? The uh, Maud Delmont. Maud Delmont. Yeah, she... She is the reason this happened. Oh, she... There's a whole backstory to her, and I don't know how far... She's a con artist. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read a lot into her. Um, she also claims that yet she saw him smile, like he had this like sinister right. smile, like when he opened the door. But yeah, like now, she smiled, and he and he, and he had uh, he smiled, and he had Virginia's hat like cocked to the side a little bit. What now? When 
the he did this he did this to me uh he hurt me all that stuff that, right. that um virginia apparently said right this is when she's in the room okay so she's kind of coaching her a little bit no how do we know she said that okay okay she's saying she said it okay she's yeah as far as i know mm-hmm. maude delmont is the one that, that okay said that virginia said that oh wow i didn't see that part but yeah it's very very likely cause... no that's because it, it supposedly happened then okay when he opened the door oh all right all right so if she opens the door or he opens the door and she's saying he did this to me you think fucking Roscoe is the one going back and telling people that she said that? No. So it's no, only going to come not, from yeah. one source, which right. is going to be Maude Delmont. Mm-hmm. And now it's her word versus his. Right. So if these words, he did this to me, that's the when you hear those words, he did this to me mm-hmm. and it's coming from Virginia. Repay. Right. OK, you're going to go. Well, hey, maybe there's something to this. Mm hmm. But now think of it, if it's only coming out of Maud's mouth. Right. It's just her testimony. Yeah. It, it starts to fall apart quite easily. Yeah. Now it's like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. So nobody actually heard Virginia say this? Right. No, yeah, totally. And then, and, and then moreover, uh, let's, let's get into the forensic side of this a little bit. An autopsy showed no evidence whatsoever of sexual assault on Virginia Repay. Uh, there was evidence of chronic inflammation of yeah, Virginia's a, bladder. There's a Dr. Carho that uh, that did uh, that. He was a, and, then he was a ho- the, and then he went on the McJackets. That was Carhart. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was actually the uh, he, he was the father to Elvis's granddaughter. That's Keo. Mm. Yeah, he was the uh, Molly Maguire guy from around here. Blackjack. Kehoe. Yeah, no. This is a Dr. Carho. Um, this is uh the hotel doctor. Okay. Uh and there was evidence of chronic inflammation of Virginia's bladder. And moreover, she did suffer from chronic cystitis, a condition that caused the inflammation and made uh her have very, very poor reactions to alcohol. Uh so that just drinking in general became something that was very dangerous for her. Um she also uh, they they also uh she was seen also by a beardsley a dr beardsley mm-hmm. um 4 p.m. she was seen by a uh, dr carho 7 p.m. she seen by is seen by a dr beardsley who gave virginia a shot of morphine okay to help her sleep it off oh well there you go yeah sleep off your ruptured bladder yeah Med- medicine wasn't so great back then uh, so Roscoe's first two trials ended in deadlock juries. Uh, the I know at least one of them, it was like 10 to 2 in favor of acquitting him. So even then, like, there were only a few stragglers that were saying, nah, I don't know, I think he's guilty. So then in the third trial, Roscoe's running out of money now. So he's like, okay, we got to throw everything we have at this one. And so he finally, he's been telling his defense, the, the girl's dead. You don't speak ill of her. Don't try to bring up, like, these whole things about... Uh, her past and all these things, her promiscuity or her, her uh, history with alcoholism, potentially. And then finally, on this third trial, Roscoe's like, take the gloves off. And they do. And not only was Roscoe Arbuckle found not guilty the third time around, the jury only took five minutes to come to that decision. And they spent most of that time writing a strongly worded statement. And this is a statement they wrote uh, that they read when they were uh, delivering the verdict. Quote, Acquittal is not enough for Roscoe Arbuckle. We feel that a great injustice has been done to him. 
There was not the slightest proof adduced to connect him in any way with the commission of a crime. Yeah. He was mainly, he was manly, sorry, he was manly throughout the case and told a straightforward story, which we all believe. We wish him success and hope that the American people will take the judgment of 14 men and women that Roscoe Arbuckle is entirely innocent and free from all blame. The crazy thing about that, and we we talked about this before. This is why I don't get behind. And I know it's a it's it's. I want to address something real quick. This is strap in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it too long. I'll uh, be the judge of that. Please don't be. <laughs> okay. Please don't judge. Um. The thing is, is is we're living in such a weird time and such sensitive times for people and people are too sensitive at the same time. I'm I'm a First Amendment guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm left leaning. I'm First Amendment, though. I'm 100 percent. Say what the fuck you want. There should be like, I don't think anybody should be able to say something and then get arrested for saying it. Or I don't believe that either. Yeah. I also don't believe that somebody should lose their job for certain things that they're saying. Now, if you're at the workplace. Mm hmm. And you're like, fuck you, whatever. And you're saying, what you, you know, you're doing right. certain things. There's certain rules within work that you should, you know, you, you can't do. Right. Like we talked before about, um, about like, like hitting on somebody, cat calling, right. and stuff like that. Guys, if a girl's walking down the street and a guy was like, hey, whatever, that should not be illegal. Now, there's going to be women that are going to say that it should be illegal, but it shouldn't be. I don't think that should be illegal. No, no. catcalling should not cat, be illegal. Call, cat harassment should, should be harass, illegal. And, and harassment yeah. also, again, to be very clear, what harassment is, is when you keep harassment is, is a continual thing. Right. The, not the initial thing. Right. You you say something. If she doesn't want it. Like harassment, I'm against stalking. Yeah, I'm against absolutely. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, if somebody says. Stop. By the way, I'm a Third Amendment guy. OK. I will not. So I will not quarter a soldier in this house. Good. Ever. Please don't. I'm not. Um, I'm a Third Amendment guy. Yeah, you never hear about those no. too much. Yeah, the people only ever worry about the first two. Yeah, no, and the the uh, 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 fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah, and right now I'm a eighteenth uh, or thirteenth. Yeah, something like that. Whatever one does something with slavery and the and uh, prisons. Right, fifteenth, thirteenth. There's a there's a bunch of them. How many amendments are there? A lot. I don't know how many there are exactly. Um, I'm also right at this point. I'm a big twenty fifth amendment guy, and I wish they would use it. That's the one that says how he can remove a president from office. But to go back to what I was saying is that I don't get behind certain things sometimes because it's and 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 like I said, people are so sensitive that if you're like if you say so, like if I go, all right, if I say believe evidence, not and I don't get behind believe all women, it somehow gets misconstrued to like I don't ever believe women ever or. It, somehow they take it to mean like if I say believe evidence instead of believe all women, they some people and when I say they, I mean the people that think this way make that like they they equate that to like all lives matter as opposed to black lives matter. Right. And it's not the same thing because I'm I talked about the situation my dad was in where my dad got arrested and sat in a sex crimes unit for this whole fucking day while his accuser changed her story three times. And then it ruined, you know, it ruined, he had a story, lost business. I got fucking picked on as a kid. I got bullied and picked on. We fucking moved. 
And this is shit that like ruins people. This fucking ruins lives. This stigma, this shit that when you're blamed for something and you're found to be innocent, it sticks. It doesn't matter because you talk like a lot of times we'll talk about things and you'll be like, well, you know, it's court of public opinion. Yeah, sometimes it's fucking worse. Yeah, it is. Because because we live around those people more than we live around judges and and, and your everyday cop. They'll always say it in the newspaper, too. Like if somebody's arrested for something, uh, it's front page news sometimes. And then. If they're acquitted, it's like in like page 30 or 40 or 50. And this thing with with uh, with Roscoe is that it ruined his fucking life. Yeah, no, it absolutely it, did. It ruined his life because absolutely did because there's like these morality uh, morality clauses there mm-hmm. in these contracts. And at that time, you know, I mean, dude, look how many people got blacklisted for being accused of being a fucking communist, which isn't even illegal. <laughs> I mean, it was a sense. It was de facto illegal at that point, but. Right. That's not like in America, you should be, you know, somebody like where was the defense of of, land of the free except for those commies? Yeah. Well, because and I understand this. It's well, if it's if you become communist, then it won't be free anymore. So I understand that mindset. Mm -hmm. Like this is where it is. This is the freedom, but it has to be this. It has to be the way it is right now or else you won't get freedom. What they failed to ignore was they had Japanese internment camps. Yeah. And those Japanese citizens weren't fucking free anymore because they were being put in uh, internment camps. Mm-hmm. Where's the freedom there? You know, where where is your freedom? And, and we have internment camps now. I mean, where's you, you have you haven't. Well, where? Along the border. Now that's that's not the same. Did thing. you see the latest thing on that, by the way? I mean, that's that, that some women are saying they were um, given hysterectomies huh. at these camps. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, crimes like against humanity. Yeah, that's Nazi shit. shit. Yeah, that's that, Nazi that shit. That is Nazi shit. Yeah, I've been saying he was a fascist for a long time. Well, here's the thing: you said he was a fascist, and people that know what they're talking about with him. Mm-hmm. Said he's not a fascist yet, and they broke right. down why. Okay. Those same people are mm-hmm. now saying he's a fascist. Good, good. Be, be, you can see something. Right. You you saw, you called it, you called it, but you could have been wrong, because he could have not been this fucking crazy. I, again, this is, this is something, I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him at all. I think this dude's a fucking figurehead that doesn't give a shit. You think he's that smart to do anything? He's following orders, obviously. Yeah, there's Stephen Miller, so there's Kushner. That, yeah, there's people. His, that's his son-in-law, right? Yeah. yeah, they say that his son-in-law is probably the fucking brains of this operation. He doesn't have much brains either. Well, probably more than him. Oh, man. Not a, that's not a high part of clear. It's like saying Moe's the smartest stooge. But hey, dude, you know... You're still talking about the Stooges all these years later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, and they're one of the biggest comedy acts of, of all time. And tr- nobody's going to forget Donald Trump. No. He, nobody would forget Donald Trump if he didn't become president. Right. But here's a guy. I wish I could get that Men in Black thing where I could, though. But here's a guy that fucking, like, just, you know that if that guy became president, you would be like, what kind of fucking world are we living in where that guy becomes president? What does my shirt say? I don't know. I can't see it. I can't see it. It says, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Oh, okay. So I yeah, that, had, that's where I'm at right I now. I thought you had your Tide shirt. No, no, no. I, I I have my my spaceship shirt. What's the Tide shirt you have? Uh, It says vote in the Tide logo and it says remove stubborn orange stains. Yeah, there you go. 
If I wasn't voting by mail, I'd be wearing that to the polling place. I might be wearing the polling why place. Don't you just, why don't you just, uh, you know, send in your 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 ballot, send in your thing by mail, and go to the polling place? He says because that that's voter fraud. No, but he's he's telling that's people, a felony. But he's telling people to do it. And who gets who gets like prosecuted in this in this case? The voter. Does the voter really, or is it yes. just, or is it just Democrat voters that do it? Well, I'm a Democrat voter, so. What, what I'm saying is, is if you do yeah. it, and then, and what if, what if Republicans are doing it? What if they actually do it? You can do audits, and if you have enough proof, you can, you can put somebody, you can, you can bring somebody to justice anybody, for it. Do you think any of them are going to do it? I think people are going to try. It. I think they're going to get arrested. I think they're going to suffer for his fucking idiocy. Yes. I hope they get arrested. I don't know. I don't have enough faith. That these cops are going to turn around because these are the same cops that are killing black people. It depends on the DA. The DA puts out the order for arrest. I mean, the cop could be like, I refuse to arrest that person. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll find a cop that will. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I. It's hard for me, man, to get behind certain things. Not saying I like I'll never get behind it. I'm just saying, like, I have to I have to have evidence, you know. Uh, because of, I see these, these, and I know that, I know that they're more often than, than not that the women are telling the truth. Yeah. And, and that's the hard thing because you have to also try to protect women from, Absolutely. from this too. So but, it's a, but it's, it's a, a really hard balance a, to, to rape. This. Rape is a hard thing because you have, here's the thing. And I think that everybody should do this. Go to a fucking cop. When women say, well, you know, this is why we don't go. I, yes. You need to stop saying that and go anyway. This is why we don't go. I no, just go. Go to a fucking cop. You need to go and you need to get that rape kit test. You need to go there because they have to provide that to you. I believe. Go to a hospital. Go to the police. Mm-hmm. It needs to be documented. I, I I brought this up before. As somebody that's went through stuff with the court system where you make a claim, you have to back up that claim. If you if you're doing disability, you have to have enough stuff logged. For them to know that, like, if you if you say you have a history of panic attacks, how do they know? Right. You could just be making it up. Mm-hmm. You have to have it logged into the hospital or else they're going to say, well, I don't see it. It's not here. It, I don't right. have any documentation that you have a history of panic attacks other than you claiming you do. And that's not enough. So you have to have it logged. And when you get, unfortunately, when you when you're raped. You know, you need to go to a police. Now, here's the problem. Shit is happening constantly to kids, you know, and younger people and people that have just really bad fucking. My point is like a little kid can't go to the police. about. Yeah, it's it's, it's such a hard if, if thing. If they like, don't know. Yeah, that's why so many people get away with it for so long. Yeah. Like, it, it's hard. It's It's such a hard thing. It's fucking disturbing yeah it is it's really disturbing it's really how many how many fucking kids out there are (sighs) yeah no totally because i want like you know like i'm always scared when my kids aren't around me when my kids aren't near me i'm like fucking nervous right (laughs) i'm nervous i'm like who the fuck is near them somebody near them you look at my kid huh you try to fucking diddle is that what you're thinking? Are you thinking of diddling? Oh, no, I just said it like that. You want to diddle? Yeah. Uh, that's what you say when you're at the deli, the uh, pastrami or uh, or a Reuben. Oh, God. Don't get me hungry. 
That, by the way, those sandwiches make make me think of old time. Like uh, when we talked earlier in the beginning, it was just about like I said, like architecture and things aren't because you have tent fucking city now. You go to L.A., the streets are littered with fucking tents. It's also on fire. No, L.A. is not. Yeah, well, enough around it is. But like the air quality in Cologne, the entire West Coast is like as dangerous as it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that. I like I like the way that stuff was back then. It was just I don't know. That's the architecture, the cars, everything. It's just the way I, and and then like when I think even old New York and old Philly, like just the old delis, just that stuff is lost. You're never gonna have that again. Like I I see things now like old old theaters. Like I was watching vlogs, old theaters that people like um, Orson Welles would have done uh, productions out of or whatever. And like just abandoned ones, just all filled with graffiti and fucking fecal matter. <laughs> Grafecal. Grafecal. That's when you do the graffiti with the fecal matter. Yeah. I just came up with a new art form. Actually, oh. no, they've been doing that for a while. Art. Grafecal. It's almost like art. Simoning. Uh, that's a, that's a stretch. Art. Uh, that's Gar- a little bit of a stretch. What? Grafecal and Garfunkel? Not really. It's not that much of a stretch. Despite the forceful declaration. Roscoe was already guilty in the court of public opinion. Hey, wait, we're back here? Yeah, we're back here. <laughs> a week after being found not guilty, he was banned from the major movie studios by industry watchdog Will Hayes, who was brought in to clean up Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, he he was let back in officially about eight months later, but nobody would touch him. Uh, like, at least not in front of the camera. He still had friends, Buster Keaton, chief among them. Buster Keaton never forgot what Arbuckle did for him, what Roscoe did for him early in his career. Yeah. And he helped his old mentor get work. Arbuckle spent most of the 1920s directing and writing under the name William Goodrich. Sometimes that was William B. Goodrich. Uh, Will be good, as Keaton quipped. That's what that was his name, Will Be Good. And the name actually came from Roscoe's father, William Goodrich Arbuckle, was where he got that name from, which is funny because his father was horrible to him, and he still kind of did that as a tribute. Um, during this whole time, by the way, uh, Buster Keaton, because he was like his best friend. Yeah. Uh, he he stayed by his side the whole time. Mm-hmm. He, as a matter of fact, uh, Arbuckle lost his house. That it was the house that he lived in. Right. While this, uh, the thing with Rappé happened, like the mm-hmm. you know at, at the time. Uh, rape or rape rape i was see i was gonna make a joke earlier i was like you can't do that i was like i was gonna say it was rape a rapey okay you can't yeah. you can't call her a rapey well she wasn't raped so no you can't right but if she was yeah you know um but the house that he lived in he lost because he lost he lost all like the, this thing it, they took him yeah to clean the them out yeah. yeah they took him to the cleaners and buster keaton actually paid for a lot of his uh, lawyer fees and stuff. Mm-hmm. He he fucking paid a lot of money. I think it was like some some like seven hundred grand. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, he, he was he was paying out a lot of money. It was for a this. lot of I mean, what millions today? Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he did that, and he stayed by his side and helped him out. And then Fatty Arbuckle came back, and he just wasn't the same. Yeah, in the 1930s, he did return to his real name and step back in front of the camera with Warner Brothers. His comedic shorts were successful domestically, but they were banned in England. They didn't even let him back in in England at 10 years later. For what? 
for being accused of something. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Um, you're accused, not yeah. even guilty. You're just accused of something. That success, though, did lead to a, lead to a feature film with uh, Warner Brothers. They they're pleased with the shorts, even if they weren't the best quality. Like they weren't the old quality. They were pleased with him, and he signed a feature film deal with the studio. He was going to get a feature-length movie. And Roscoe said when he got that news that, quote, this is the best day of my life uh, when he sealed that deal. And that night, he suffered a heart attack and died in his sleep. So, moral of the story, tell you every fucking day before you go to sleep. This is the this worst, is worst day yeah. of my life. This is the worst episode of this show. Yeah. This is the worst day of my Not life. Much, we're going to die. Yeah, well, it could happen. Yeah. Um, so, in happier times... Roscoe Arbuckle was one of the major stars of, uh, we were talking about it earlier, Keystone Studios. And that was the production house owned by the legendary film mogul Max Sennett. Uh, go back to the very beginning of this story, you'll learn all about him. Uh, and he was most famous for his Keystone Cops. He was a Canadian guy, he was French-Canadian. And Sennett had an on-again, off-again love affair with actress Mabel Normand. Yeah. We mentioned her earlier, too. She was a frequent co-star of Roscoe Arbuckle and of Charlie Chaplin as well. She was a native of Staten Island, New York, and she started as a model before breaking in the film. And she was in a D.W. Griffith movie. He was like one of the more famous directors of like yeah, early Hollywood. He, he's the one that did uh, Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I, I don't remember the name of the movie that she was in for him, but that's where she caught the eye of Max Sennett. And he wanted to use her as one of his famous bathing beauties. That was a group of women... Uh, in bathing suits, it would be in a lot of his films and even like promotional work. He would have uh, Senate's Bathing Beauty. This was a big deal. And yeah, uh, they would do a lot of um, they would do a lot of stuff down like by the ocean. Yeah. And Mabel's knack for comedy led her to get some bigger roles. She was more of a natural comedian. She had very good timing. Uh, she really fit well in these comedic roles. And she was even credited by some as being the first person in movies to be hit in the face with a pie. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how true that is, but that that's something like kind of I read a few places where she may have been the first person to ever be hit in the face with a pie in a movie. Huh. Uh, but there was a dark side. There's a big dark side. Uh, Mabel suffered a serious head injury in 1915. Yeah, uh, it should, it's worth mentioning, as I said earlier, that uh, her and Max Senate, it was more than a business thing with them. They were together. So in 1915, uh, Mabel suffers a pretty serious head injury. And the story behind that injury has varied from source to source. It was claimed at the time that she suffered that injury on a film set. But there's an alternate theory that's a lot more salacious than that. Yeah. And with that, and one of the people who would back this up was Minta Durfee, uh, Fatty Arbu Roscoe Arbuckle's first wife, because they were married at this time in 1915. And she said that Mabel discovered that Max Sennett was cheating on her with another actress, Mae Bush, which is clear that that did happen. Yeah, the, the, the story there is that um, it's right before uh, Mabel Norman and Max Sennett are going to get married. It's like like the night before or some shit. Oh, wow. And uh, somebody tips Mabel Norman off and they say, uh, go to this address. It's this hotel. You're, mm -hmm. you're going to there's you're going to be in for a big surprise. Tr like, trust me, go there. And they go there. There she goes there, and she opens up the door, and she discovers Matt, Max Sennett naked with May Bush, and that they started like wrestling around, and that May Bush hit her over the head with a bottle. 
I heard a vase, but yeah, vase, whatever or, you want to say. A bottle yeah, vase. Some sort, of, yeah. some sort of implement, uh, uh, some was, sort of blunt object. Yeah, a foreign object. A for, an international object. If you will. And another theory, uh, not quite as prevalent, was that Mabel was so despondent over this that she tried to kill herself. And that the injury was due to a suicide attempt. Uh, but anyway, a- after this happened and after this relationship with Max Senate is kind of uh, going south... Mabel tried to self-medicate with alcohol, and if some stories are to be believed, possibly cocaine as well, uh, that's something that Mabel Norman's family emphatically denies, that she was uh, doing anything beyond drinking. Everybody knows she was a bit of a drinker, uh, but anything beyond that has been uh, and I've read debated. A lot, I've read a lot of stories that she was a known partier and was, oh, a, yeah. it was a big cokehead. That that is something, yeah. That that a lot. There's a lot of stories about that, and then her family has I, been I never, I never, vehement in denying yeah, but it. How does a family know? That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they know nothing. Like so, my mom lives 20 minutes away from me. She she knows nothing about what I do. On, you know, on a daily basis. All the cocaine you do. All the heroin. Yeah. All the heroin that I do. You know, all the bath salts. No, mm-hmm. but but the thing is, is if I did, right? How would she know? She's not here. That's true. Yeah. Fat, fat, like. Whenever a family member says they never shut shut up, shut the fuck up. I understand that your kid died, you know, or your family member died, but let's let's stop acting like they were a fucking saint. And not that you know there's anything wrong. Well, there is something wrong, by the way. That's another thing too. I feel that there's a lot of you know we're supposed to champion drug use and and uh what pro- promiscuity. And all this other stuff like we, we champion sex workers today. I don't, by the way, I think you should. I think it should be legal, but I don't think it's a great fucking thing to go out and flaunt either, like going out and, and selling your, your body for money or uh, ravishing your body. Like I ravish my body with fucking sugar all the time. I have an addiction. I don't think it's great. I don't think we should be, you know, uh, that's not a great example to fucking set for people. Yeah, go get fat and get diabetes. <laughs> we shouldn't do that. Go out and fucking get STDs like no. I don't think that it should be illegal either. It shouldn't be illegal to eat fucking cakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that it should be illegal to do it. But you also, why are we championing that? Like, we people today is what I'm saying. They champion that. Yeah. They, they champion drug use. They champion yeah. all these things just because they should be le- Because we're saying, hey, you have the right to fucking do whatever you want to your body. But we shouldn't say that that's, it's the right thing to do at the same time. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it should be a woman's right to have an abortion, but it's also my right to think less of you if you have a fucking abortion all the time. Like, right. that's what you, like, every like time... Like, if you're using it means a birth control. Right. Yeah. Now, there's going to be people that, that say, well, fuck you, you know, I, I support that woman to do that all the time. Okay, cool. Why? Well, also- I support their right to do it, but it doesn't mean I, I agree with it morally. It's also not my business. Absolutely. It is your business, though, if you're in a relationship with... Yeah, the, with that, at that point, yes. That that point, it would be. Yeah. Um. I, I I don't know. Like, I, I think that there are some people that do champion the whole, like, just doing all the stuff, like just doing coke all the time and doing all these drugs. It's like, I I have a problem with that. I have a, a, a big problem with that because I've lost a lot of friends due to drugs. But I don't know that if drugs were legal that they would have been doing that because a lot of times people turn to these things because they're taboo. Right, yeah. And maybe if, you know, they had more people to talk to, maybe if other things were were pushed like therapy and 
you know, loving homes, hugs, not drugs. <laughs> All right. Uh, so another thing that Mabel was really into beyond uh, whatever vices she had, she was uh, really in the books. She was a bit of a reader. Yeah. And uh, as was a, another director in Hollywood at the time, William Desmond Taylor. And uh, they kind of struck up a friendship and then more, a little bit more than a friendship. Uh, they were very close to one another. So close that Mabel was the last person to see William Desmond Taylor alive. And if some people would think maybe she was the one that killed him. that's That's been a theory. Uh, there's several theories here. We'll get into a few of them. Uh, but what happened for sure was on February 1st, 1922... Uh, Mabel left Taylor's home around 7.45 p.m. He blew her a kiss as she got into her limousine. The next day, Taylor was found murdered. And it didn't seem to be a robbery. It seemed to be a hit. He had $78 in his pockets, well over $1,000 in today's money. He had a two-carat diamond ring on his finger. He was carrying other valuables and jewelry, uh, including a heart-shaped locket with Mabel's picture in it. And Norman was an early suspect. Police kind of looked into her pretty seriously early on, but they rolled her out as a suspect. They also didn't do the best job with this uh, this investigation either, it seems. One of the people who wrote a book on this, and he was one of the ones that really pushed Mabel, the idea that Mabel had a drug problem, uh, was an author named Robert Giroux. And he wrote a book on the case, and he believed that it could have been possible that the murder was a hit that was carried out by Mabel's drug suppliers, because Taylor was trying to get her clean and was about to expose him to the police. Yeah, uh, by the way, William Desmond Taylor was born William Cunningham Dean Tanner. Oh. Yeah, lived a double life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did somebody else we're going to be talking about a little bit. Yeah, he had another wife and everything, and then he had a bunch of kids. Stephanie, DJ, Michelle. Oh, no, no, no. It was Danny, uh, Danny Taylor. Oh, his brother. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's uncle... He's uh, dad. Oh. Yeah. So other suspects beyond Mabel Norman... Because uh, this murder is still unsolved. It's considered a cold case, and it probably will be cold forever at this point. It's almost 100 years ago. Uh, a few members of Taylor's staff are suspected, or former members of, of Taylor's staff. One was a guy named Edward F. Sands. He was fired uh, by Taylor after he was caught forging Taylor's name on checks the year before he died. And Edward F. Sands, interestingly enough, after Taylor was murdered, Sands disappeared and was never seen again. So some people think he might have killed Taylor and then skipped town. Another suspect was Mary Miles Minter, a child actress who was believed to have had a relationship with Taylor, a sexual relationship to be clear, that started when he was 47 and she was 17. Another suspect that a lot of people really think could have done it was Charlotte Shelby, who was Mary Miles Minter's mother. That's easy to say. <laughs> and uh mother and manager that's even harder to say miss miss miss, miss <laughs> mary miles minter's mother's manager and mother and management <laughs> and miss minnie's mini mince meat muffins and they drank mouse milk hmm. and mary is rumored to have a, had a thing for taylor herself but also she was mad that this guy 30 years older than her 17 year old daughter was fucking her 17 year old so daughter mary miles minter was mad no oh mary miles minter's mother was mad oh Maybe. Maybe. And maybe mad enough to murder. Mildly. No, more than mildly. Morbidly. Yes. Murderously. And it's also rumored that Charlotte Shelby owned a rare pistol, a rare type of thirty-eight caliber pistol, 
that was similar to the one used in the crime and that she then allegedly threw into a bayou in Louisiana. Another one of her daughters basically was like, yeah, I think she killed him later on in life. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of suspects in this death here. And it's funny, because, well, not funny, but it's said that shortly before Mabel died years later that she said to a friend, quote, do you ever think they'll find out who killed Bill Taylor? So uh, two years after Taylor's death and six years before, two years after Taylor's death, rather, and six years before Norman herself died, Mabel was at the center of another shooting. Mabel had gone to visit actress Edna Purviance and wealthy oil man Cortland S. Dines, and she had instructed her driver, Joe Kelly, that he wanted, she wanted him to take her home when she had too much to drink. She had an operation the next day. And we, we have established she liked the bottle. She was a uh, bit of a drinker. And so Joe Kelly follows orders, and when he notices Mabel's getting a little tipsy, he steps in and is like, okay, it's time to go. And she resisted this. Uh, she wanted to stay and party with her friends. And Kelly insisted back, like, no, it's time to go. Let's go. Come on. You have to go home now. And this led to some words. Uh, Kelly was, Joe Kelly was very protective of his boss. He was very protective of Mabel. He insisted on her leaving. And this led to a heated exchange between Joe Kelly and Cortland Dines. And things turned physical. And that's when, and Kelly claimed in self-defense that this happened, he shot Dines with Mabel's twenty-five caliber pistol, wounding but not killing him. And he would later claim self-defense in the trial. But during the police investigation, it also emerged that Joe Kelly was actually Horace Greer, a convict who had escaped from a chain gang. And Greer was found not guilty of the shooting uh, due to Dines not testifying. So it was basically his word against nobody's. But he was arrested for the uh, prison escape. And then I guess after that, all kind of got straightened out. He went back to like the East Coast and... Kind of lived in obscurity. So whatever happened to Dines? Uh, I mean, she just didn't testify. Mm. I don't think anything big happened to him after that. Because he, my thing was, I thought maybe she could have shot him and then just put it on Joe Kelly because Joe Kelly is her driver. Right. He's a black guy. Oh, I didn't didn't realize that. I believe he was black. I know a lot of her driver's valets were black. Was he not a black guy? I'm not sure. I'm looking that up right now. Because I know, um, I know uh, Henry Peavy was. Horace A. Greer, a.k.a. Joe Kelly. There's no picture of him here. He appears to, um, I don't know. He may be. Or he may be a multiracial. I'm just kind of looking at a picture of him, and I can't tell. <laughs> um. So yeah, another uh, another wrinkle in here. Uh, but anyway, regardless, uh, they they did find out he had this double life going on, and whether he actually shot with whether he actually shot Clarence Dines or whether it was Mabel Norman herself. The whole ordeal, regardless of what happened, especially combined with William Desmond Taylor's death and with Mabel's growing reputation as a wild partier, 
It all led to Norman's career flaming out. So that incident happened in 1924, and Mabel's final final feature film, Raggedy Rose, was released two years after that. Mabel married actor Lou Cody in 1927, but the two lived in separate houses. Her health at this point, physical and mental, was quickly failing, and she spent some time in a sanitarium even. Uh, but what f- finally did Mabel Norman in is that she had some health issues going way, way back. When she was a child, she got TB, tuberculosis, and it came back. It came back and it, and it took her life on February 23rd, 1930. So yes, about 90 years ago, Mabel Norman passed away at the age of 37. Yeah, a lot of times uh, those people lived in separate houses because one was gay. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe Lou Cody was a... Uh, a he, friend he, of Dorothy, he, as it would later say. He could have been. She could have been, too. Because you find out a lot, like, they're bisexual yeah. or they're... It um, seemed like she had a pretty... Yeah, she could have been bisexual, I guess. Yeah, she had a pretty big track record of um, who was it? Who was it that says that most people are probably bisexual to some extent? Kinsey? Extent. Was it like the Kinsey and scale? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I thought it was somebody it's like, like... one to seven? I thought, like, Hitchens or somebody... Oh, I don't know. Somebody said something. It was like... Dawkins, maybe? Because Dawkins is a geneticist it could could it be it could be um i don't know i thought it was somebody that died though that said um yeah, i'm sure believes. somebody did but but i wonder i, I know w- kinsey looked at, I, I think the kinsey and scale was like one to seven and like one end is completely bisexual or pansexual whatever it be and then i the other is completely heterosexual I, I think i think that it's like yeah i i don't think that there's anybody out there that's just 100 percent like Straight. Yeah, straight, has, yeah. where they've never even thought about it. Right. They've never even wondered. Mm-hmm. There's got, because I think if you wonder, does that put you in some kind of like maybe category? If you just wonder if you're curious about. Now, do you resent those people as a member of the gay community? Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. You shouldn't. It should be inclusive. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, it's your prerogative if you, if you say that, uh, that doesn't interest you. Right. That's no. not, that's not your thing. But yeah, they're saying like, not, not obviously not everybody's going to act on a preference, but yeah, there's, there's now, definitely a range. Now here's like, here, people see it as black and white. There's a lot of gray in there. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. I'm raped when I'm six years old. Mm-hmm. When I'm about nine, a boy shows me how to masturbate. Right. Okay. So I start masturbating and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm about 10, I engage in, sex acts with another boy right we, we, we're doing shit to each other right mm-hmm. we're experimenting we're, we're two boys i come to find out i found out that my uncle did the same stuff and all these boys in the neighborhood that i grew up oh, okay all did all did this type of shit right like throughout the years mm-hmm. like it was just like no it was like a normal fucking thing yeah but it, it was like because of the whole idea for the longest time like heterosexuality was the norm yeah that i guess people were never really open well, with it because of catholicism too yeah that religion time. in general yeah, yeah. Religion but catholicism was, in your neighborhood yeah and, right um and so fast forward like whatever i'm, I'm not interested in fucking men at all i have zero interest in men just women right right i'm woman crazy mm-hmm. um He's girl crazy, see? And I'm about tw- I'm about 21 or so, 21, 22, and I have the fucking biggest crush on Danny from the Real World. Don't know why. 
have this fucking thing for him, like this man crush. But mm-hmm. maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was more of a man crush. Right. Not like a sexual thing, but more like a... I, th- I, think, it, I think it was one of those, like, you find somebody so fascinating, so interesting that you're just like, yeah, I'd date that dude. Like, like, right, okay. Like, and it's just like, but... But but do you think maybe that's what it was like in ancient Greece, like where guys just got along so far? Why do guys? Why are guys best friends guys? Yeah, you you rarely see like a truly platonic best friend thing, right? Like why? Why is that? Why why are guys best friends? Like because fucking Nate and you and no, I never wanted to fuck you or Nate. And, right. You know, you guys, my best friends for for fucking years, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I don't i wasn't really like that with any women right there's only a few of them that i was Do you think like, it's because the sexual thing kind of throws makes friendship harder because you have another goal in mind what do you mean like like that you're interested in them romantically so it kind of prevents you from pursuing no, like no, a no, friend, I'm, platonic I'm t- friendship a lot of times they start off as platonic friendships right but then they they gradually right, but is that something that you, like even subconsciously maybe that's your end goal anyway where like your end goal with me or nate or another dude is not going to be hey i want to have a sexual relationship with that person but my, my, my end goal was never like that with those people not either. consciously at least maybe it was yeah. like subconsciously yeah, yeah there's, like there's always things that are working under the hood so rose I, I was never like, I want to date Rose or anything like that. Right. It was just like, no, Rose, like, I love my friendship with Rose. I had a great friendship with Rose. But I also, you know, at some point, something turned sexual. Right. For a minute, like, mm-hmm. real, real fast. Right. Like, and it was just like, oh, and then nothing, like, developed after that. Right. And that wouldn't probably wouldn't happen with, like, Nate. If you were, like, you and Nate never really hung out in person because of the distance thing, but that wouldn't happen. Like, yeah, like a little fucking hand job. Right. No, it wouldn't. I mean, it's never happened in fucking almost 30 years knowing you. Right. Um, Was it 26 years? Something like that, yeah. 26 Yeah, years. 26 years. Uh, Nate, I've known for, like, t- what, 10 years? Right. Something and, like that. And I'm sure you'd never be like, hey, Nate, can you show me your dick or something like that? Yeah, like. We've joked about. We've, right, we, yeah, making jokes is different. Yeah, than, we've yeah. definitely joked about stuff. But no, like, I've never been. I haven't been like fucking into any dude right. since then. Since standing from the real world. Since standing from the real world, yeah. right? So maybe, that's maybe that's the one for you then. Maybe that's the one that got away. <laughs> I don't think so. Because, oh. um, because I, I think about this and I'm like, I actually ask myself, mm-hmm. uh, like, what, where, where, like, where am I? Where do I align? And then I also go, does it fucking matter? No. Like, no. does it matter where I align? I mean, it, it, it matters in so much as you want to know yourself. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I grew up in a house where where my mom would always go, oh, well, he's fucking gay. And I go, what? who gives a shit, mom? Right. Or, oh, they're, they're fucking gay. Oh, cool. You have gaydar. All right. And? No, well, I'm just saying. And? What are you saying? Why, yeah, why the Kinsey bring... scale. I was right, by the way. I looked it up. But I go, why are you bringing that up? Do you, you don't say to me, oh, well, he's fucking straight. Right. Because it's because this, people see heterosexuality as the norm. My mom's best friends were fucking gay. Right. Like that she worked with. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm saying. Like you had best friends that were fucking gay. They would come over to the house all the time. There were always like there are always people in my house and my grandmother's house growing up that nobody else in the neighborhood had gay people, mm-hmm. fucking black people. Right. Nobody else in the neighborhood had that. But yet at the same time, I start to see like racism and homophobia, like or at least what, what would be construed right uh today today to be racism or homophobia right with certain things being said 
And but I even go, what's it matter? No, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm just saying. What does it fucking matter? Like why? Like why do you need to tell me that somebody's gay? Right. Like I don't. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's normalize this shit. Let's not fucking act like the freak shows in town. Right. You know. That, that that is the one thing I never liked about gay pride parades, is how everybody looks like fucking divine. Right. You know what I mean? From uh, what's it? Divine, right? Yeah, divine. Yeah. That, that's the name that Divine used for most of their, their time acting. Yeah, it was uh, John... John Waters. John Waters. Waters. Yeah. Um, just that craziness, like everybody looks like... like Because they go over the top. That's not fucking... That's not for me. It's just not my thing. Right. It's just not what I like. Some people don't like professional wrestling because of their grown, you know, hairy, sweaty men, oily men in fucking underwear. Okay, right. cool. That's not for you. It's for me. I like that shit, you know? Uh, but but I do... Yeah, like I, like I said, like I... I sh- I wonder, like, I struggle with where am I? And then I go, does it fucking matter? Right. You like what you like. Yeah. yeah. And I just happen to not like any other fucking dude since like 2001. Right. So it doesn't, I consider myself, I guess I'm like 99% straight. Right. There you go. <laughs> but I got that 1%. That 1% of me, you know, is is in the gay community. Mm-hmm. I'm still a member of the gay community. Good. Who, who, what are you going to tell me? I can't be? Who gets to determine whether or not you're a member of the gay community? The gay community? I don't know. It would take a phenomenal person to, to decide that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an AJ Styles joke yeah. reference. Anyway. Anyway. There's one thing left to do here. And you all know what it is. It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst. That's right, it's Who Died the Worst, everybody's favorite game. It's not Who Died the Funniest, it's not Who Died the First. How many times do I have to tell you people, it's Who Died the Worst? And if this is your first time, and I've just told you the once, yeah. I'm sorry, because I was a little curt there, I was a little, uh, little untoward. And I'm also going to explain to you that the way this game works is I am going to give Jackson Wills over here three deaths. He is going to tell me which of these three died the worst and these are all kind of there i'm calling it right now okay number three number three number three it could be it could be number three here well it could be it could also be one or two right so anyway uh these all are going to be sort of entertainment industry deaths but more of like a like fringes not like movie deaths or oh, fringe. it was a good show named a dog after that we did it's over the, here one, one of the, the characters yeah um they're going to be like things from like daredevils and stunt shows and weird things like that well you'll see what it is we'll, we'll just go through them here uh the first death uh the patriarch of a uh of a family that has been like the number one family in what they do for a long time uh this is mr carl walenda of the flying walendas okay the uh legendary tightrope walker are these the people that they based the graysons off of uh, no, because I think the Graysons were trapeze artists, right? Okay. And, may- I mean, maybe they did, but uh, the Walendas were tightrope people more than trapeze, I think. Um, and But they were called the Flying Walendas, I believe. So, may- actually, maybe they were. Who knows? Well, people do. I don't. 
Uh, but Carl Walenda, at this point, he was 73 years old in 1978, and he had already seen a lot of his family members die from these high wire stunts because he wasn't a guy with like a safety net or wearing a, a, a like a, a harness or anything. Uh, he just walked the tightrope with his big long pole to balance himself, and and he did his thing. And in this in this this uh, 1978 event, he was walking between the two towers of the Condado Plaza Hotel in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So they had two towers of this hotel that were right next to each other, and he was walking a tightrope between the two. And it was a very windy day. The wire was not properly secured, and he fell to his death during the attempt. He was pronounced dead after his body arrived at the hospital. It was not aired on TV for the most part, but it was, I believe, aired on the news there in Puerto Rico. Uh, so that's death number one. Death number one is falling from a tight rope walk because of high winds and an improperly secured rope. And I feel like I'm obligated to say at this point, you know what I'm going to say. No, go ahead. I don't believe he did the rowboat thing. Okay. Anytime there's a great fall, anytime you would fall. Like, like Niagara? Niagara fall. Slowly, Slowly I, I turned, turned, step by step, inch by inch. Uh, so, by the way, here's a uh, picture of uh, Nick Walenda. Yeah, he's the guy that does it now. Yeah, yeah 41 years old. Um, he's, and he, he, he did a tight uh, tightrope uh, stretch directly over Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Slowly I, I turned, turned, step by step, inch by inch. Yeah, so that's really neat. That they're yeah. still like that they're still Walenda's doing it to this. Yeah, thing. I think he might have done like something over a volcano or something like that. He's the main one. Yeah, he did a volcano over Nicaragua. Um just this March. Wow, fucking neat, dude. Yeah, Nick Walenda's still doing a lot of that. That's stuff. so fucking cool. I think a lot of the times now the TV people make him wear a harness though. Okay. Yeah. Dude. But but he's still doing the tightrope walks. But, but he doesn't still, I don't think he's fell either. It's still a like it's you're still a relative of, yeah. of the, like one of the most famous it's like know. i remember sometimes in the 90s would have a thing where like robbie knievel would do a yeah. jump Evil Knievel's that, son. i always thought that was cool yeah and then so that's death number one death number two is a wrestler who wrestled by the name of king kong kirk amongst other names and he was a british wrestler uh he was in the i believe it was called the world of sport was the name of the uh, thing. Malcolm Kirk was his real name. He wrestled as Killer Kirk, King Kong Kirk, Kojak Kirk, because he was bald toward the end, Mucky Mal Kirk, a lot of different names. And he had a match where he was teaming with King Kendo, who was uh, Kendo Nagasaki, who was a British wrestler who acted like he was a uh, Japanese samurai, and he wore a mask. Uh, and they were wrestling Big Daddy, who was the, the kind of the the um centerpiece the cornerstone the hulk hogan of england british wrestling uh big daddy was shirley crabtree and he was a large man i think he was built as being like six six and about 400 pounds i don't know how much he really weighed and king kong kirk was pretty big too he was built as being about six three and about 360 pounds and so they're having a match and at this point big daddy's about 50 something king kong kirk's in his 50s as well and Big Daddy's finishing move, and by the way, Big Daddy was teaming with his nephew, uh, Max Crabtree, or not Max Crabtree, Max Crabtree was his brother, was a promoter, I forget his his um, nephew's real name, is something Crabtree, 
but he wrestled as Greg Valentine. He just took the name from Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's like uh, when Bret Hart wrestled as... Um... Barry Horowitz wrestled as Bret Hart. Or Barry Horowitz wrestled yeah. as Bret Hart. <laughs> it was Bret with two Ts. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so Big Daddy does his finishing move, the Big Daddy Splashdown, which is just a big splash where you jump on a guy. By the way, you gotta, you gotta love when people just take names. Oh, yeah. Just a, like uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. That was a character. Right. David Copperfield. Well, that was from yeah b- a book, but I mean, like, Rodney Dangerfield was kind of like an active character name. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a character for the Jack Benny show. Oh, damn. And uh, another thing, and he heard it and just liked it, and he used it. Oh, you, wow. You fucking couldn't do that today. No, no. You'd copyright be, and yeah, shit. Yeah, you'd be sued. Yeah. Uh, Houdini. I mean, I tried. I was going to rename the show Serial. I was like, oh, no, that's not going to work. Right, yeah. It was like this, fr- the food. Yeah. Um, we're going to drop the true crime and just do talk about like Fruit Loops and shit. But in this, like, we're, we're going to present it like that. Right. Like very serious and mm-hmm. with the music and all that's whatever. And they the do. NPR voice. Yeah. Well, I, I poured the milk into the bowl. Well, that's in, in the beginning, guys, uh, to break down the fourth wall. That's why when he says, and I'm P.P. Burke, or from Project uh, from Humanoid. From Project Humanoid. Yeah. yeah. It's from Wondery. <laughs> or no, not from Wondery, from, uh, Gimlet. Gimlet, yeah. 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 There's Wondery, Gimlet, all those. Uh, yeah. But but it's the NPR thing. And that's I because I said to him, like, we should do that. We should try to yeah. do it. But the thing is, is we can't do that with me. Okay. I'm, I'm too Philly. I, I try yo. not I, I try not. Yo. I'm on NPR. <laughs> yeah, it's my NPR voice. Yeah, we're gonna have some haggies and And then Dr. Cairo went down and opened the window. He left the drugs by a little yellow sailboat. Some dude was talking shit, so I had to throw yeah. a brick at his head. Yeah, fuck you. I was hitting the fucking <laughs> back of the head with a brick under 95. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was under 95. I was going to Wawa. I was going to Wawa to get a hoogie. I fucking dropped the cinder block on yeah. his taves. I was walking down. The kid said, yo, and I said, yo, and he hit me with a fucking brick in the head. Just another day in Philadelphia. <laughs> That literally happened. <laughs> no, that's a literal yeah. story. Like that, that literally happened. That that same stretch of uh, the same like, and that boy Danny from the real world. <laughs> no, his name is Eric, and he's oh. dead now. Oh. Um, he was a prick, by the way. He threw fucking sawdust in my. Eye. Do you remember Snap? Like the little poppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they would fill the bag. There'd be like sawdust yeah. or whatever on the bottom. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he had a handful of that, and he threw it in my fucking eyes. Jesus. Yeah, and like years later, he hit me. He had a brick, and it was a small brick. It wasn't like a full right brick, but it was a piece of brick. Right. That's and, enough. And he you fucking some damage he with that. threw it, and, he, and I have a. I should still have a little scar in the back of my head today. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I do, but I got hit in the fucking back of the head with this brick. Like, what the fuck, dude? You crazy piece of shit. He's dead now. And I can't... What am I supposed to be sad? That a dude that was like... He wasn't even a bully to me because I would have beat the shit out of him. He did things from afar. Or like, he right. sneak attacked me. It's like a hit and wrong time. It was like a Mr. Fuji. Yeah. He Fuji'd me. I well, got, salt dust instead of just instead salt. Of, instead of like powder, salt, or whatever. Yeah. It was, it was supposed to be salt. salt. It was really powder. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Because salt would hurt. Powder does, is just an annoyance. Yeah. Uh, so anyway... Uh, with this thing, King Kong Kirk, he uh, he suffered a heart attack in the ring. I remember him. He would go, Sullivan! That was King Curtis. Oh. Different one. Uh, he he kind of passed out in the ring. Uh-huh. And had a heart attack. And then he took the Big Daddy Splash down. And he got pinned. And he just didn't get up. He turned purple and died right there in the ring. And so that's death number two. Uh, you're wrestling Big Daddy... You take the big daddy splash down, and then you you have a heart attack and die. 
Did he have a heart attack from the splash? No, they think he was actually, he had already had a heart attack before then. They think he was already dead by the time Big Daddy splashed him. Oh. Yeah. Well, he definitely wasn't kicking out. No, no. Unless rigor mortis. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if rigor mortis set him that fast. Yeah. And then he goes down like, one, two, because that's how they would count back right. then. Like, with the, those, like, mid-Atlantic yeah. voices. He gave him the Big Daddy splashdown. One, two. Rigor mortis sets in and he, <laughs> he kicks out. He can't seem to pin the killer. Was that his name? Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Killer Kirk. All right. Uh, so that's death number two. Death number two is you have a heart attack in the wrestling room, which has, has happened a bunch of times. Yeah. But moon then, dogs. Yeah. Uh, Ted DiBiase's dad. Yeah. Mike DiBiase. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler shortly after a match, but he lived. Mm-hmm. That was about uh, that was about six years ago. It was six years ago last Thursday. Six. Yeah. Eight. 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 You're right. Eight years ago last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so then death number three is Madame Delinsky. <laughs> Madame Delinsky was a uh, what a name a magician's assistant. Oh, okay, that makes uh, sense. Uh, I guess that's another thing. Uh, by, by the way, those names mm-hmm. Houdini took from like Houdin. Houdin, yeah. I think it was Houdin, Houdin yeah. Yeah, you're right. He was a French magician. Yeah. You hear that? No. It sounds like a purring. There's a little bit of a hum coming from my computer. I can't do anything about it. Oh, okay. Um. It says the room is very quiet. We usually have an air conditioner on while the show is going on. We don't today. Oh, okay. So, so it'll yeah. be taken out. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so Madame Delinsky mm-hmm. was the wife and assistant of a Polish magician, and they did the infamous bullet catch trick. Okay, yeah. Which several magicians have died doing this trick. It's pro- kind of the most dangerous trick a magician can do. And so basically the way they would do this is they would pour gunpowder into the barrel and then when they would put the bullet in, they would literally bite the bullet so that the uh, the gunpowder would slip out because it would have soldiers or somebody come up as a volunteer to load the gun, but they would bite the bullet before so all the gunpowder would come out and that's how you would do it. The way that the Delinskys did this is they would actually have the people who were loading the guns that were supposed to be like impartial from the audience. They were shills. They were paid parts of the act. Yeah, but and, in wrestling, we would call them plants. Right. So what they would do is they were supposed to... Shills, like Joe Rogan. Okay, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they were supposed to swap the bullet with a blank before the trick would happen. But I guess the uh, the rifleman who was doing this, he he got nervous. And he got kind of like... The rifleman? The, the guy from... No, uh, no, no, no. Not that guy. No, the, the, guy, the guy who was loading the gun oh. uh, got nervous and he just loaded the gun normally, forgot to swap out the bullet for a blank. And so basically, Madame Delinsky just got shot right in the gut on stage with an actual bullet and died. And to make matters worse, she was pregnant at the time. Oh, jeez. So uh, Madame Delinsky and uh, Baby Delinsky uh, both passed away. And uh, drew- and then uh, the magician, her husband, uh, went crazy over it and uh, kind of just went mental after that hmm. so death number one just to revisit is uh you're walking the tightrope in puerto rico and you fall and you don't get a chance to do the rowboat thing death number two is having a heart attack in a wrestling ring and then getting splashed by big daddy death number three is uh you're doing the bullet catch thing but the guy whose job it is to switch out the fake bull- the real bullet for a fake one 
just has stage fright and forgets to do it, and you get gut shot. So I ask you, Jackson Wells, who died the worst? <laughs> number three. Oh, yeah, you were right the whole time, yeah. Yeah. Definitely number three. Number three. Because... Uh, Number number two, like, look, it sucks, but yeah. big day. I think what makes it seem worse is because you have a big fat guy right. dropping on you, but you were already dead. You're already dead, and they it's actually not- they actually blame that for like the decline of British wrestling because it really dropped off after that. Yeah, but it's not his fault. It no, it's not anybody's fault. fault. Yeah. Um, that so- number one, I think, is pretty bad. It would be between one and three for me, but I think the fact that it was a gut shot makes it worse for three because I said it's a really but, painful. But way it's to go. it's that okay. So so what was number one again? The, uh, just falling from the tight falling, rope. You you know how dangerous that is. I mean, so is number three. Right. But at least there's another person. But if everybody's there. doing their job right, number right. three is not dangerous at all. And the guy doesn't do his job. He fucking right. he chickens out. You can't do that. Right. You can't do that either. Not on the podcast. Yeah, I farted. Oh, yeah. It's probably gonna take it well, up. No introduction. Oh. Well, you didn't. You called. You called. I know. Just making a joke. Yeah. Anyway. Awkward. Yep. See, so, yeah, I I agree with you. Death number three is uh, we have bodily functions. You I know. think the clear winner. I know everybody looks at me as a sex symbol. Yeah. They say Jackson Wells, you are handsome and you don't toot, but I do. Right. Okay, everybody toots. Yeah, they said there's no way that you tootie from that booty mm-hmm. because I'm so handsome, right. so sweet. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. They call me Jackson Sweet. Do they? Yeah. That's what they call me. All right, that's my name. So for uh. For Jackson Sweet, this is BP Burke. Uh, we're going to finish it up now. Yeah. Uh, if you liked our show, please tell a friend. Uh, look us up on social media, Murder My Dude. You'll find us pretty much everywhere. Yep, you will. And uh, maybe even throw a fav- favorable review toward our show. That'd be nice instead of, you know, bad ones. Yeah. You know, like, hey, listen, if we say something you, you don't agree, but maybe listen for the stuff that you do agree with. Or, or you know, like, if I say something that offends you, um, you know, um, there's other things that I say that aren't going to offend you. So hey. let's let's focus on those things. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Of, let's just focus on the good things. Yeah. Be an optimist. Be an optimist. It's what we look for. It's what we strive uh, for. For optimistic fans. Yeah. For an optimistic fan base, really. And so uh, that 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 about wraps it up for here. Yeah. Uh, the Hollywood episode will be uh, part two. Will be coming next week, and we will see you then. We will, in fact, see you next week. With more murder. Bye, dude. You know, I bet Big Daddy could kill somebody if he did a Big Daddy splashdown from the top of Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls! Slowly I turn, step by step, inch by inch.